There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Anime's roots can be traced all the way back to the beginning of the 20th century. According to Nuts... Oh my god, here we go, you guys. All right, hang on. Big breather. You said according to Nuts? She did say according to Nuts. She did. And then my brain went to, I wonder what kind. Well, I thought we were referring back to her jacking off her team. So. She might have She might have been. Allie is unpredictable. Hey there, beautiful. How goes it? It goes. How goes it for you? It goes. I miss your face. I miss your face so fucking bad it's not even funny. Well, soon to not miss my face. I know. What is today? We're going to... Tuesday. We're going to record for the first time together in like a hundred million years and I'm so excited. I can't wait to kiss on you and love on you. I might have something for you then too. That's amazing because I might have something for you also. And we might have something from Josh from 4 Nerds by Nerds. So there's going to be all kinds of exchanges. I am super geeked for whatever that is. I know. I haven't even opened it. Tiny every single day is like, is today the day we get to open the box from Josh? And I'm like, no, it's not today. And then she'll be like, how come? And I'm like, because Auntie Allie's not here. And she'll be like, can she just come over so we can open the box from Josh? And I'm like, you just like saying that at this point. Are we going to record that on video form? I think we should. I concur. So I guess this is a thank you ahead of time, Josh, for whatever the mystery box is. It's a pre-thank you. It's going to be like fucking glitter and we're going to have the herpes of arts <laughs> and crafts in your house. The herpes of arts and crafts. I cannot believe that we have not said that story on this podcast or on our Patreon. So dear everyone, please start a petition so that Allie will allow me to tell the herpes of arts and crafts story on recording because it's absolutely worth it. Adding that to the list along with navigating so hard. Navigating so hard. And our hello phone call. We just have so many things that we really just need to like get out and record. Maybe this Saturday. Dun dun dun. How was your day? It was a day. You know, it was super emotional. For a lot of things, for a lot of reasons, good and bad, but it was a day and I got a really sick ass workout in and we are here and I heard that we are going to have a conversation today with one of our very favoritest people. So it's really, you know, I'm going to mark it as a W for me. What about you? It was a super busy day and it's been a really emotional month. This month can fucking be over now, but uh, I guess we're kind of going out with a win and Moose got a kick-ass dinosaur bike today that I'm super excited to watch him ride, so that's going to be really fun and yeah, that was that was the highlight of my day. 
I love that highlight. I cannot wait to see him on that bike with his little helmet looking like a little badass. I just, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see it. Also, we will fight about whose bike it is when I'm there. I just, I need you to be mentally prepared for that because the my bike thing is going to happen. He is pretty fucking tall, so. What does that have to do? Because I could fit on his bike? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) I mean, you're also tall, but yeah. Epic fail. But I love you and your face. Also, it has a triceratops on it, which is my favorite dinosaur, so I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about you! Anyways, you already know what we're talking about today, so... I do, and I'm so excited. Oh, 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 first. First. Can I ask you something? Yes, Allie. Who are you? (laughs) Well, I am a single white woman. My name is Celeste. No, I'm just kidding. That's fucking stupid. You like long walks on yes, the beach? Yes, though. All real things. Um, but I'm Celeste. That's true. I've never seen the ocean, but the beach is also freshwater. And, you know, here's our podcast. I'm Celeste. Well, hi there. I'm Allie. See, and apparently I don't get an introduction. <laughs> Asshole. I was so good. Con- I thought you would be like, and I'm Allie. Why wouldn't you do that for me? Why wouldn't you like continue through with the thought that you had? I'm sorry. You know how when somebody holds a door open for you, generally you also hold a door open <laughs> for them the next turn around as a sign of This nice-ies? was not a two-way door. This was a one-way door. This only had one level of doors and we were supposed to walk through it together dear listeners if you're new here welcome we're taboos this is us in a nutshell we're also a podcast (laughs) that discusses taboo culture here we are with foul mouths and drinks in hand and here we are indeed now i would love for you to tell our listeners new and old i guess but veteran seasoned okay so just so everyone knows Allie is dead inside and she did in fact just call you old so let that resonate with you for one moment on the other hand however I would love to introduce who we are going to be calling today because I'm so excited and I love him so very much we're gonna call Bay Matt from anime talk and we are gonna have the coolest conversation ever even though I do have a confession to make so let's make that call do, do the thing Ring, ring. That was the best you had? Yes. All right. All right. Hey there, special guest. Hello. Hi. I love your face. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for having me, guys. Of course. Like, oh my God, so excited. Celeste is actually speaking in only dog hearing It's true. It's vocals true. right it's now. True. I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Tones? Pitch? Pitch. That's there you go. Weird. Wow, that was hard. You're right. I really broke a sweat over that. Tough. Wow. When I see you this <laughs> Saturday, don't know if it's a hug you're going to be getting. I like Shout out to too. our BDSM episode and whips and paddles Ooh, and shit. Picnic. Can I can I pre-call picnic? I'm just asking. It's a bit early. Okay, noted. Hi! Welcome to the shit show that is our lives and our friendship. Hello, I'm so happy you're here. Hey, thanks for thanks for having me. I'm really excited. We are so excited. Dear listeners, as Celeste said earlier, this is Matt St. Jack from Anime Talk. And if you're not already listening to his podcast, I have no idea what the fuck you're waiting around for. Directly after this episode, you should go and listen. And I highly suggest starting with, Matt, what's the episode 
Of course, I'm going to send people to like the most gut-wrenching emotional episode, but the top five deaths. Yeah, the top five deaths. Um, the top five deaths in anime that mess me up like all the time. Like every time I see them. Yeah. Yep. That one just got me because it was so from the heart. So yes, that one. I highly recommend. Yeah, it's a it's a tearjerker for sure. So I would love if you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. And then we kind of already kind of segued why you're here, but why you're here. We're going to do it again. So my name is Matt. Uh, Matt St. Jack just kind of rolled off the tongue. So I just decided to create that name for myself. Um, I love it. So let's see. Uh, I'm a 31-year-old black male. No, um, I just followed Celeste's idea earlier. Um, so... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, no, so, I mean, I love anime. I love pretty much all things anime. Um, I am a youth coach. Uh, I coach youth tackle football, youth basketball, and youth flag football. So a whole bunch of coaching. Whoa. Yeah, and it's like 9 and 10, 11, and thir- 11 to 13, and then 14 to 16. So that's always fun. I love all of that. That makes my heart so happy. Oh, I really love that. The thing about me um, is I have no kids. I think I've joked with Celeste about this before. I have zero kids. So um, so in this situation, this is like my moment to like give back to the community. I'm using air quotes for those of you who can't see me. Obviously use air quotes. And so it's like my way of giving back. But outside of that, I don't know. Like I'm pretty straightforward, like bachelor guy. I just play video games and watch anime and uh, watch, I don't know, just shit i guess i don't know i'm just kind of a regular guy watch shit <laughs> I'm just, I'm just okay like, I also movies. i watch movies and tv shows and things i have two things we need to acknowledge one your quote-unquote giving back is garbage you you get credit for giving back in that way okay first of all that's not a quote-unquote moment that's real that's a really big deal you should be super super proud of that i think that's so cool the second thing is i love your little tech nine beard going on yeah you got yeah. you got a whole tech moment happening, and I love it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of my thing because he's kind of my favorite rapper. You totally miss the fact that you have a super dope music taste span too. Oh yeah, yeah, I listen to music a lot. Allie and I bounce a lot of ideas, um, music wise, off of each other, like more of like the metal and rock and like stuff like that. But also, my favorite rapper is Tech Nine. For those of you who don't know, and I'm pretty sure that's everybody except for you two. So, um, yeah, Techno is my favorite rapper. So, yeah, it's kind of my thing. And I love orange juice, as I'm sure that you two can probably tell as I'm sitting here guzzling out of the orange juice cart. And, um, orange yeah. juice and Tech Nine for <laughs> <Yeah>. the win. <laughs> wow. Hang on. You actually just segued us to another point perfectly. But real quick, can you plug your pod? Because that's why we have you on. So. And really, everybody has now heard you speak, so they're all definitely going to go listen to your show just for the sake of listening. Um, I absolutely hate my voice. Um, that's first. And Shut foremost. up! No. <laughs> so my uh, my show is, as um, Ali and Celeste kind of queued up. So my show is called Anime Talk, where basically I go through a lot of different shows that I've watched. Like I've watched hella anime, hella anime movies. So it's more of like rankings or me kind of talking through like certain things. Like I do like holidays. I do like, like top anime for, you know, Halloween or top ones for like Valentine's day. So I kind of do rankings, but I also give reviews on shows that I like. So if you like anime and you like different ones for those specific reasons, you should follow me. I can be found on Instagram and Twitter at anime talk 12. And then you can always shoot me an email at Matt St. Jack's podcast 
at gmail.com. So, yeah. Beautiful. And using your orange juice comment, you're drinking orange juice, so. So there, we know that. <laughs> Celeste, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I got this beverage specifically for this episode, and I'm so excited to share it with you guys. It's from, I assume, okay, and I mean, I'll have you guys look at it with me, but I assume this is more Brewing Company. More is spelt very, like, Nordically. This is called Rasmus Prime. It is a fruited sour ale with raspberry. Are you ready to see the can? Because I legit specifically picked it for this episode. I am. Ready? Yes. That is excellent. Why can I not see it? I'm not cool. What do you mean you can't see it? Okay, now I can. Oh, that's pretty. That's awesome. That is a really cool illustration on it. I got an anime can for our anime episode. I appreciate that. So I had chosen a lot of different beers just at random, and I stop one cease. Okay, cease ceased stopped. Deceased. Allie, Allie, my darling, what are you drinking today? The cue. It was there. <laughs> I just segued myself because I figured you weren't going to hold open the door. <laughs> then I did the door. <laughs> so I had done a mix and match. I had chosen a lot of different beers just in general. And they almost all turned out to be IPAs. And I went to the fridge and was like, which best fits this theme? And I thought a tiger with fucking laser beams shooting out of its eyes potentially fit this theme the best because that was the closest i had where is the camera oh wow okay i've seen those i don't think i've had it though intense looking yeah Mm -hmm. so this is day glow by elysian brewing company and wow this print is really small you guys i would love to tell you you should whatever the fuck you're doing with it you should keep doing it i like watching this happen it's almost like a shake weight, but with an open can. I'm really hoping the camera can see this finger because I'm still trying to look <laughs> oh, at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The camera can totally see what's happening, but I can still also see the shake weight motion. So it's really a great experience for me. I can't read it, but it's delicious. And it tastes so that you can't read it. <laughs> it is seriously like ant size. You jerked off your can and you still can't read it. That's hilarious. It says something about El Dorado. That's all I got. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm here. I work here. It's fine. You didn't even explain your beer to me, so at least I tried. I, I did. Okay. Okay. Um, no, I don't I care. Did. I did already. It's fruit and sour ale with raspberry. Oh, shit, what did. are you smoking? <laughs> <laughs> Matt's going to never talk to us again after this moment. <laughs> If anyone wants to see what I have, I just have some Simply Orange. <laughs> simply Orange. It's, it's not just, for concentrate. It's, 100% pure squeeze. It's simply. Pasteurized orange juice. Simply Orange. Simply, when, when you want simple and you want orange juice, try Simply Orange. <laughs> They're not sponsoring us, but they will be. Yeah. See, this is why you should be the spokesperson for Simply Orange. 100%. Yeah. That's all I'm buying going forward for orange juice. Exactly. Real bought this yesterday and it's already gone so that just goes to show how good it is 
<laughs> Dude, orange Curing juice scurvy. Is That's what I'm doing. That brings to mind, I have a giant bottle of vodka, which if we've learned anything from the BDSM episode is very dangerous for me. And I clearly need to pick Allie up some orange juice for it. from vodka. Wow. It's probably a good thing to stay away from. Real. Can we talk about some anime? I would love to. Dear listeners, we're talking about anime today. I'm so excited. If that wasn't clear to you already, anime is our topic. Hi, hello. Let's get this party started. Or, in words that Celeste will not understand, three, two, one, let's jam. Oh yeah, that's it. That's it. That's some cowboy bebop. She's queuing it up. What? Celeste is lost. What happened? I love that jingle, whatever the fuck, but like, I also just, what happened here? It's okay. It's um, okay. So it just kind of, yeah, it's just kind of, it happened. It's okay, just but went over your head. Okay, but I can speak Pikachu, so there. <laughs> about close. That's pretty close, right there. Now you have to. No, I'm not gonna do it. I'm no, I, you can't, I can't just say it and then just be like, oh, okay. I'm not gonna do it. Shut up! Stop you have to put pressuring. Your beard out? Oh, whoa, some violence. Oh, and take a drink of wow. a regular drink. It's root beer. I have to prepare the vocal cords. Allie was prepared wow. for this shit. I wasn't. I just... Okay, ready? <clears throat> Pika Pika! Pikachu! That was frightening. <laughs> it was... <laughs> was... You made it me sounded... feel so good about myself, Matt. Thank you. It was, no, no, I mean, it was, it was a good... It was like a good rendition. It was like... It was like that it was, was like what frightening. You... <laughs> It's like, you know, like if you hear something for the first time and then you hear it a different way and then when you hear it that second time, you're just kind of like, wow, you know, it's, that's that's kind of what that was. So I didn't I didn't mean that it was frightening in that sense. I meant in a good way. There's, there's, like two, yeah, there's like two there's like two different types of frightening. There's fear and then there's the what I just did. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yes. <laughs> Somebody get her a voice acting spot. You impressed me so much that I was scared. <laughs> exactly. There you go. That's the frightening that I meant. I often feel that type of frightening. I yeah, really see? do. <sighs> All right, guys. As usual, we're starting off this episode with some history. Actually, just kidding. We're starting it off with a definition. I don't even know what the fuck I wrote down. Hello. Welcome to Taboos. The very best. The best there ever was. Or a song. Picking that up. Yeah, I'm picking that up. <laughs> I had to go, Allie. Go. What are you doing? It was si- there was silence, and that's why that's why that song came in there. She was like, oh, there's, there's a moment for me to break this up. Here we go. That knows me so well. So what is anime? From Wikipedia, it is hand-drawn and computer animation originating from Japan. I do want to note, however, that within Japan, anime is often used to refer to any animated works regardless of style of origin. So for instance, Celeste, you're wearing a shirt from something that was created within the U.S. It's considered anime... Um... What's the word I'm looking for? It was inspired by anime, but it's not actually anime. Anime influenced. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, exactly. Because it was created within the U.S. So within the U.S., it's considered influenced by anime, but it's not considered anime within the U.S. However, if you were to go to Japan, it's considered anime. Does that make sense? That's really interesting. It totally does. And I have lots of questions about that, so I don't know when I can ask those, but... 
I do, in fact, have questions. I don't know if I have those answers, but we'll see along the way. Let's find out. Carry forth. So most of my research came from Wikipedia and fandom.com for this portion. Okay, here we go. Lots of names about to be pronounced wrong. According to Natsuki Matsumoto, the first animated film produced in Japan was Katsudo Shishin in 1907. It was essentially a depiction of a boy who writes kanji on the wall that means moving picture and turns around and bows, which to me feels like Inception because he's writing kanji on the wall that means moving picture. Wow. Yeah. That's a total mindfuck. Yeah, it is. And I was like... I would have been, like, mind-blown at that age and time. Like, yes, it is a moving picture. <laughs> it needs to be noted, however, that this claim of being the oldest has not been verified as it predates the first confirmed showing of an animated film in Japan to the public. The first confirmed showing in Japanese cinemas was on April 15th in 1912 by Emile Cole, and it was named Les Exploits des Fulfillettes. Ooh, you did really good with that, baby. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, just treat that like a wall and push right through it. Yeah. That could be completely wrong. But you said it so nicely. Around this time, German, U.S., and European animations were all introduced to Japan, inspiring some of the animators known as the fathers of anime, who were Junichi Kuichi, Siataro Kiriyami, and Oten Shimokawa. Oh, yeah. They actually produced the first anime short films in the industry. Unfortunately, due to the 1923 Tokyo earthquake, many early animated Japanese films were lost, so a lot of the history in the art form is gone. That's super sad. Yeah. So, pre-war Japanese animators already had to compete in an intense market. Disney was already super influential on both audiences and producers in Japan. And to top that off, foreign films were already making bank at home and could then turn around and undersell their movies overseas for a small profit. So, they could essentially sell their movies for cheaper than what domestic producers could create their movies at home for at that point. Because in America, they had already made bank. So, anything they made overseas was just extra money in their pocket. So, they could undersell the producers overseas for whatever the producers overseas could actually produce their movies for. Does that make sense? It does. Okay, but I, I want to time out because I don't understand these like connecting points. I recognize that they do connect, but I need to take a step back because, hello, hi, I don't belong here. So let's just include me for a moment. So we're, we're, are you telling me that Disney owned the overseas producers? Nope. So, okay, let's say Disney was selling Bambi in Japan. Okay. And Japanese animators were trying to compete with Bambi. Okay. Disney was producing Bambi, made bank on it, and then turning around and selling Bambi in Japan for pennies because they had already made bank at home here in America. Oh. So they could sell Bambi for super cheap in Japan. Meanwhile, in Japan, the producers there had to make money on their movies and couldn't sell their movies for pennies like Bambi was currently being sold. So this is the origin of The Lion King, right? That's what this is? That's what we're talking about? No. Like that concept? Not that. No. But no, didn't you tell me that? Didn't you teach me that was the same thing? Am I really not thinking about that correctly? We're thinking just in terms of market, just competition, not copying... Okay. Works. Okay. Okay. Just competition. Just competition. Also, Disney, please don't sue us for using Bambi as an example. Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. Bambi was a good movie, though. I mean, I will say that. Can I? I'll say that. Can I? 
So, dear Disney, if you sue us, just know that Matt liked the movie. Yeah, I do. I do like Bambi. There's a lot of stuff. I actually have a, a Disney Plus subscription, if I can segue into that real quick. And uh, I don't want you guys to, to attack them. They are good people. Okay? <laughs> so, you're good, Allie. Go ahead. I just wanted to clear the air. We all have Disney Plus subscriptions. We support you, we Disney. Uh, yeah. It's true. Yeah. Uh, something, something. We love you. Don't take our money or our houses. I, I even had the Walt Disney, like, subscription pack over COVID. So, like, we're covered. Like, please don't come for us and our children. So, essentially, Japanese animators had to work extremely cheap in small companies with very few employees and not the best quality products because they didn't have the budget that foreign producers did. Up until the mid-1930s, cutout animation, which is a essentially stop motion using flat characters was created by Japanese animators as opposed to cell animation, which is hand-drawn, because the celluloid paper was too expensive. So the result was that that animation seemed less robust and detailed. That's not to say, however, that master animators didn't produce beautiful works with their craft. Can I just say, as someone who has zero artistic talent, like with my hands, that like I can't play an instrument, I can't draw, I can't whistle i can't i can't do anything cool with my hands and they're small so i feel inept but also can i just say that people who can truly draw like that is such an incredible fucking talent like holy shit that's amazing i concur yeah i agree i agree i give i give all those people a um a big like thumbs up and pat on the back because uh it's very difficult especially like when you watch some of the some of the newer animation styles that are that are done like i did a i did a episode not too long ago on my podcast where i talked about this movie called redline Mm -hmm. um where redline was actually done it was a hand-drawn movie um, and it took, I think it took them like 10,000 hand-drawn oh um, like sheets to actually do the movie with no CGI. Um, and it ended up pushing like their production day like by like six months or something like that just for them to actually be able to finish it because they did it all by hand. Yeah. That's so. insane. Mm -hmm. So that's wild. Eventually, cell animation, sound, and technology like the multiplane camera was introduced into Japanese animation to help compete within the market. Most of these innovations, however, depended on sponsorship due to their expense and ended up becoming PR films for companies, educational films for the government, and eventually propaganda for the military during the Second World War. That actually makes a lot of sense. Did you just tell us that they used anime as propaganda? Yep. I didn't write this down, but what I read was um, a lot of the anime that was used as propaganda was essentially Japanese people defeating their enemies. Wow, yeah. that feels a little personal. I mean, it's not shocking. Cartoonists were doing the same here in America. I didn't say it was shocking. I just said it felt personal. <laughs> Dude, Allie, Allie took a minute. She's like, Allie yo, did they it. did it here. <laughs> Allie so, did Allie. it. And I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Clearly I know what side of Pearl Harbor she was on. Allie's like, I was like, you saw what my hand was doing to this can. Don't make it <laughs> Let me show you what it's about to do to your face. We come for America and their production. Jesus. I'm on your side. In the late 1940s and early 50s, the post-war years, anime and manga began to flourish in foreign films and layouts by American cartoonists, which influenced some people, one of which was Osamu Tezuka, who began the integration of a lot of Western techniques. He had particularly fallen in love with the works of Walt Disney and Max Fleischer as a child. Anime studios began appearing across Japan, and in October 1958, Japan fully entered the world of professional animation with the release of the movie The Panda and the Magic Serpent. This film, along with The Tale of the White Serpent, 
Animation was also released in the U.S. Toei Animation was also a main studio around this time and influenced much of the progressive anime style we see today, eventually involving directors such as Hayao... Why, 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 why did I choose just, this? Just, just don't do it. <laughs> don't stop it. Just, just literally just... Let it go. Do it and then like, like... Dude, this is Frozen right now. Shout out to Disney. See, we're giving you another shout out here. Um, but do it just like Disney and just let it go. Just Matt really does you. not want us to get sued. So yeah, thank you for looking I got, out. I love you hey, so no much. I, I got this. I got this. Don't you worry about it. Such as Hayao Miyazaki, creator of Spirited Away. Osamu Tezuka established Mushi production in 1961 and pioneered TV animation in Japan with TV series Mighty Adam, Kimba the White Lion, and Goku no Diaboken. Yes. Isn't Goku from Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, but that, yeah. I don't think this, this is necessarily okay, that Okay, no, one, Matt, but stop. Yes, you got it, though. That's, I get that's credit for that. I get I mean, credit yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah. You, you most certainly do. I, I'm just letting you know. No, don't let me you, know. Just I let me have you, this moment. I love that you latched on to a name. Not... <laughs> I She's recognize like, that name. <laughs> She's like, the minute that she says that this came from this came from Pikachu production, I'm going to say I know Pokemon. I know Pikachu. <laughs> And like I it pops do. up, and she's like, Pikachu, I knew it. There it is. I do not appreciate the shade that you're throwing right now. I really don't. <laughs> oh my God. It's like if you meet some random person from named Bob, you're going to be like, Are you from Bob's Burgers? Exactly. It's like just waiting, waiting and queuing it up. Bob so is such Robert? a common name, you guys. You're so rude. Like, Goku has like, like three people. <laughs> It's like it's like are you Robert? Yes. Do you go by Bob? No, I Do don't. Do you make are burgers? You sure? Are you sure? Oh, I hate you both. Keep going. This portion is primarily from fandom.com. So this was when anime really took off. Mighty Adam was adapted for premiere in the US as well under the name of Astro Boy and it was a big success. I've seen Astro Boy. Yeah. yeah. This led to Kimba the White Lion also being adapted, and it was probably the influence for The Lion King. Shout out to my comment earlier that you made me feel like an idiot for. No, 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 no. I didn't say you were wrong. It's just not <laughs> what we were currently talking about in that moment. <laughs> okay, amazing. Start, starting, off, starting off the show and she just immediately comes in with the closing. She's like, I can't, I can't wait till we get to the very end and we talk about big news. <laughs> Like, that, that wasn't what we were talking about right now. <laughs> Another series in Japan that was adapted to American screens was Tetsujin 28 Go, renamed Gigantor in its adaption. The Iron Giant is probably a tribute to it. And the final big anime hit of the 60s and one a lot of people recognize is Mach Go Go Go, a.k.a. Speed Racer. Yeah, so the, those are definitely the classics. I've seen the Iron Giant. Yeah, Vin Diesel. Mm-hmm. In the 1970s, the anime craze calmed down a bit. However, there were still two shows that were big in this era. The first was Star Blazers, known as Space Battleship Yamato in Japan. It was one of the first adapted animes that was allowed to keep a fair amount of plot and character development. Adaption of other animes were sterilized of themes that were deemed too violent or too sexual for the American public. It also had a serialized story and continuing arc. The other anime was Battle of the Planets, or otherwise known as Science Ninja Team 
Team Gatchaman in Japan. I have a question. What is your question? Who determined that anime, Japanese anime, was too violent and too sexualized for American viewers? Who determined that? I would really like to know, or if you don't know, because that just seems outrageous. Has anybody ever seen Grand Theft Auto? It's probably us. It was us, and there was, there's a, shit. Oh, I should have written it down, and I'm sorry I didn't. There's a thing. It's a thing. It has a name. Excellent. You're being so informative. I love this. This will all stand up in a court of law. Because there's a, there's like a, don't, we have like, there's a sensory, there's like a sensor board or something like that, that, that maybe it was maybe like a little bit more straight. I'm literally just going off the dome here, but I'm assuming that like maybe during that time, it was more of a, like it wasn't an acceptable style, just what we deemed to be violent or whatever during that time. Maybe there was a censorship issue. I'm not sure. Yeah, it is 100% within that vein. And I will tell you that um, things of sexual nature are far more restricted than violence. And then once again, like look at stuff nowadays, like The Walking Dead as an example. I'm Not even in that. I'm thinking like strictly cartoons, like cartoons are so American cartoons are so fucking saturated with violence and sex. And I mean, like really. So I just was curious, like how, unless it was a full blown anime porno, I just find that hard to believe that America could really justify shutting it down in our walls because it was quote unquote too violent or quote unquote too sexualized like hello welcome to america i also have to think about it too is like from a from an animation style like and this is this is not this is not by any means like in any i'm giving a complete disclaimer i'm not saying anything is right or wrong but a lot of times like you have to also keep in mind that the oppression for like sexual desires that like ja- that the Japanese culture definitely feels and the way that they they imitate and put and emulate and put that art out, out there is totally different than how we see it like we see yeah. you know uh we see an up and down you know we see like when you watch the movie like if you call it rated r like you see an up and down you see a guy like pulling up his clothes or something like that or you know a girl like laying there or something we just assume that the act happened like in a lot of these type shows like it's literally happened like you're seeing all of this you know what i mean so it's more of a so maybe i'm assuming maybe maybe they were saying like okay yours is not so much rated r yours is at this point like maybe like rated x because we all remember those x-rated movies like back in the day like where you could find an x-rated movie and behind not, the black then... curtain yeah yeah exactly so maybe they were saying that it was more like that because i wouldn't put that on tv like that's something and i think that's maybe what it was too now that i'm talking about it out loud is because you could put something like something suggested on tv but to actually, but if you're showing the act, it's kind of difficult to put that out on TV. So maybe during that time, obviously, that was something that was very new to us. You're talking about in the 70s, you know what I mean? So yeah. 60s, 70s, so maybe it was just a different time. Okay, that's really fair, and I really appreciate that perspective. I wasn't asking to be challenging. I really was asking to, yeah. to understand. So, I mean, I still would question, again, comparatively, and it seems a little hypocritical, but I do understand what you're saying, and I think that that's a really educational piece for me to understand. So thank you for telling me that. No problem. Just spitballing. That's Matt St. Jack knowledge for you. I concur with all that, and I was actually still trying to find the whatever the hell it's called that I clearly should have written down that I didn't but that's actually a piece that I have added for later on as well look at me see that's what I was doing Alice I was trying to buy you some time 
Thank you. Also, you were foreshadowing, so I love this plan. We love foreshadowing here at Taboos. So, Battle of the Planets was a superhero slash sci-fi that was readapted in the 1980s as G-Force. Japan already had a love for science fiction, but Star Wars kicked it into overdrive just before the 1980s, impacting the art form of anime. In Japan, the otaku subculture was growing, and in America, audiences were being exposed to higher quality adaptions of animes due to improved video technology at home. Imported VHS copies of anime films and television shows that were later subtitled by the collectives of fans came into play and became known as fan subs. So fans were literally getting VHS copies of anime and subtitling them for other fans to be able to actually watch them, which I think is really fucking awesome. That's super cool. Yeah, that's a community right there. Yeah, I really think that's super cool. Plus, also, shout out to subtitles. Yep, agreed. One of the shows that was in the mainstream that was crucial for bringing animation from being seen as something as for kids, quote-unquote, to entertainment for adults was Robotech. It was essentially a mix of three shows, Super Dimension Fortress Macross, Super Dimension Calvary Southern Cross, and Genesis Climber Mospedia that was created into a new series. It was appealing due to the strong storylines and compelling characters. And Matt, I know your favorite genre is Mecha, so... Yep, love it. Was that, like, on your list? Yeah, um, I didn't really get into, like, Mech Cross, um, but, like, when, like, Gundam came out, Neon Genesis Evangelion, Big O was probably, like, my first one that I really watched that I fell in love with. Absolutely love some Big O. I actually have an idea to get a tattoo um, on my leg that says, Cast in the Name of God, You Not Guilty, um, nice. because that pops up on Big O when Roger Smith gets inside of the thing it pops up yep. um but yeah so the mecca the mecca like genre was huge for me it's i, I absolutely love it i still remember like being in school and going in like the art class and having like the little trace paper and mm-hmm. it had like the little pictures and stuff of the gundam characters and i would sit there and like the trace paper and like trace it and then i tell everybody that i drew it and they would laugh <laughs> at me because they knew i couldn't draw because i was a poser and you know, i just kind of went with it you know that was where my posing first started <laughs> dude <laughs> whatever again. <laughs> Everybody's a poser in high school. I don't care what anybody says. It's true. It's true. A huge advancement within this time frame, however, was in feature films. They were taking off in Japan, and the ones that made their way to America changed the game. One of these was Hayao Miyazaki's Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. The original edited version that was distributed in the U.S. was actually called Warriors of the Wind, but the biggest of these is considered to be Kayuta Shiro Otomo's Akira, which came out in 1988. It actually wasn't a big success in its homeland, however, it had a massive effect on American audiences. The Gen X culture embraced the dark, violent, and mature subject matter, and this helped propel anime into a worldwide phenomenon. Like, Akira is the OG, like, Mac Daddy of anime and like the u.s realistically like all the other stuff that i'm learning from you is like huge but i remember like akira being a thing like i remember because i was born in 89 so i wasn't out i wasn't there when this came out but i remember when i first got into anime everybody was like dude if you if you don't see this like you're doing the the community a huge disservice like you have to watch akira because it's like the it's like the it was almost like the fountain of youth like it just kind of gave everything it like gave the birth of anime here yeah and it's visually just stunning yeah definitely the 1990s saw a massive tidal wave of anime in the american market it was cheap for american distributors because all they had to do production wise was rewrite or re-record dialogue and edit content and timing so they didn't have to do production they didn't have to plan stories 
They didn't have to film and draw. They just had to edit, essentially. Everything else was already done for them, so it was super cheap for them to do, so it exploded here. A lot of television stations would run anime shows in time blocks aimed at older children and teenagers. For instance, Cartoon Network ran Toonami and brought several action-oriented anime shows to the spotlight. It had shows like Sailor Moon, DBZ, Gundam Wing, Outlaw Star, and Yu Yu Hakusho. Shout out to ColourPop for their Sailor Moon collaboration. That's literally the only reason I know who Sailor Moon is. Hi. Hi, I'm still here. It's totally fine. I actually have one of their Sailor Moon colors. Oh, do you really? Yeah, I actually have their Sailor color in their um, Super Shock Shadow. Oh, I love their Super Shock Shadows. Okay, carry on. Shows like the one I just mentioned also brought into effect the anime and Japanese pop culture, which began to take hold in America, the largest influence being through Pokemon. Pika Pika! It is. I was waiting for it. I was I was actually <laughs> going to cue you up. You just kind of popped out of your Pokeball there. <laughs> Good job, Celeste. Thank you. I've contributed so much here today. Anime was creeping into influence in areas where people didn't even realize it. For instance, Ghost in the Shell was a huge inspiration for The Matrix. At the same time, distributors were putting out content that showcased the diversity of anime. One anime that was huge in shattering barriers and expectations for the genre that it was in, which was Mecha, was Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yep. A great show. I have a question. I have a question for the experts here. Is Little Witch Academia considered an anime or is it not considered anime? I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one that's on Netflix, yeah? No, I don't think Little Netflix? I don't think so. I don't know. I haven't tried to watch it, but I don't think that it is. The reason why I'm asking is because, you know, they say, like, kind of what we were talking about just a moment ago, is, like, it could be technically, it could be considered... I think this is considered an anime because, yeah, I, I believe this is actually considered an anime because it is a it's an Eastern show. Anything that's that's like a Western. The reason why I was asking, because like a lot of stuff that you're seeing, like on Netflix, that Netflix is doing they're they're the influence ones that we were talking about before. So okay. it's more of a Western animation style. So it's more of an influence. So it's kind of like not pure, I guess you could say, because it's made here. But it is supposed it was influenced by Japan. Whereas I think this show, because I pulled it up right now, and it looks like from the studios and stuff, the producers, it looks like it was actually made in Japan. So I would consider this an actual anime. Okay, I'm so proud because that means that I have seen, not watched, but seen an actual anime. I have one. Yay! I knew it. I just knew it. It was going to pop up. <laughs> well, also, it was going to pop up. Pokemon truly is an anime, so you have watched Pokemon. That doesn't yeah, count. Should... I have watched all of Pokemon. Actually, Tiny started rewatching Indigo League, and I was super fucking proud of her, so that got celebrated. But I'm just saying, like, I don't feel like Pokemon counts because it's Pokemon, and because I obviously am part Pikachu, so I don't think that that counts. <laughs> it it fits in like that weird vein of like anime where it's like it's like that it's like the introduction, like Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, like. There's a couple of other ones that are like that, that that are like base level, like I guess you could say entry level ones that people will say like, oh, OK, so you watch those like that's that's cool. But it's not really like anime. It's kind of like it's, it's just like a cartoon thing. My like, training wheels and I are very happy over here. Thank you. Yeah. But I, I mean, hey, you know, you got to get started somewhere, you know, but. <laughs> And like, honestly, people say. like that kind of stuff drives me nuts too, because I hate gatekeeping and it's like, dude, why do we gatekeep? If that's the introduction, that's the introduction. Let it be that way. Let's start introducing more. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you, do. Matt. I mean, that's why I have I'm not, that. I'm not no, saying no, no, you no, at I, all. I I'm saying like 
purists saying that's not yeah. anime that doesn't count that you can't say you've watched anime well okay then fuck you <laughs> you know yeah yeah so. i've i've said like i've i've had this conversation like that's why i did an episode on some really dope shows to kind of get into that are specifically on netflix but i've had these like debates with anime purists who watch because me personally i watch sub versus dubbed it depends on the show but like people will, like i've literally got into it with like people who will go back and forth and be like dude if you watch dub anime like you're not even watching anime you're bastardizing the community i'm like dude it's it's the same show. The only difference is instead of him saying, you know, thank you very much, he said arigato. You know, mm-hmm. like it, that's the only thing that's different. Like there's yep. nothing there's nothing different about this show. So yeah, like let's just but, love the art really and get more people into it. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Agreed. And I have something centered around that later on, and plus later on. Yeah. I love that we all struck a chord in like one moment. It was all different chords, but we did it. There was no harmony. Nope. I did the tra-la-la-la-la from <laughs> Captain Underpants. It's like, dun-dun-dun. That was much better than the random thing that Celeste thinks is a James Bond theme song. It is something completely different. I don't even like your attitude right now. I don't. Is it a 70s porn star noise? Is that what it is? Is it kind of like a I wish it was that. At least then I could place it and it would make sense. Yes, it's that. Whatever that is. I don't know what that. That sounds like a. That sounds like, you know, like when you watch those old black and white shows. Like, and then, like, something. Like, and they transition to somebody driving a car. <laughs> that sounds like that person when they go around like a like a, a corner very fast. Well, that's what that's, it, it sounds like a transitional song. That's her spy <laughs> motif. So, if that's any indicator, oh okay, that's if that's any indicator of what her spy would be like. Nobody. That is hired. that is a spy. That's like a spy noise. That's like a spy noise from like a four T commercial, like <laughs> from way back after they got done winding up the car, like they wound it up first to get it ready to go down the street and then that song came on oh god so clearly i'm gonna be a voice actor not a sound analyst that's what i took from this conversation by the early 2000s anime's roots were firmly planted and it was here to stay cartoon network introduced adult swim which brought with it a lot of anime series that american audiences had yet to be introduced to shout out to our beloved cowboy bebop I feel like the only, I don't think that it's anime. Okay, I'm going to say that. But I feel like one of the only shows that I can think of that may have fit this mold that I've ever seen on Cartoon Network, I lied, on Adult Swim, was like Metalocalypse. Does Metalocalypse fit here or no? Yeah, no. All right, carry would've, on. It would have been, clo- been closer if you would have said like Aqua Team Hunger Force. I would have taken Aqua Team Hunger Force. Oh, I've seen Aqua Team Hunger Force and yeah. also um, Squidbillies. I've seen Squidbillies. Um, oh, I think God. Squidbillies is a little off, but. I can't stand Squidbillies. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm sorry, guys. That's totally I love fine. Squidbillies. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I love Squidbillies. I can't. I can't. Let's go back to Aqua Team Hunger Force. <laughs> yeah, I think Aqua Team Hunger Force is a little bit more, is a little bit closer, I guess you could say, to an anime style. Than- why, though? Can I ask, or is that, in- I'm not trying to interrupt your notes, Allie, but can I ask, like, what? how do you know that? Like, just watching it, how do you see that? Is it the animation style? Is it the comedy? I think it's, I think it's more, I think it's more of the style, just more of the style of the actual animation. 
versus like because technically from an an from the definition of animation like everything down to like the simpsons and family guy would technically be considered animation because that's all it is yeah just cartoons animated right but i think like i said from the that's why I said it's closer. It's not technically anime. It's closer because oh, again, okay. remember it's it's west. It's western influence because of the because of the the colors and the way that they actually animated it. Like that's what makes it more of an animation. Understood. Thank yeah. you for helping me catch up to that because I was not understanding that it wasn't just the drawing style; that it actually was the production style. I was not catching that. So thank you yeah. for helping me get there. No problem. Shout out to Ali for setting the uh, the premise from the oh, very yeah. beginning of the Without show. Without question. Um, I'm sorry, I'm an idiot that. and that I wasn't keeping up. You are not an idiot. Sometimes I just don't explain things concisely. Um, so thank you for Matt for explaining okay, but also, things concisely. Stop it. Yes, I am. We're going to so let that lie. It's fine. All the credit to everybody else. What the now- fuck? <laughs> Get out of your house. Now anime is a multi-million dollar industry in the U.S. and it's influencing so many things like the style of the Powerpuff Girls, Teen Titans, My Little Ponies, Avatar The Last Airbender is anime inspired and it's a lot of people think it's anime but it's not. It's anime inspired. TV streaming services like Netflix are creating anime features. Let's just ignore the live action animes, shall we? Yes. Yes, please. What's a live action anime? It's anime adaptions that have been adapted from anime to live action. And we're just going to act yeah. like they don't exist. I feel very uncomfortable exactly. about that idea. Like Lion King? You should. And Beauty Lion- and the Beast? Yeah, yeah oh. think, about, think about those. Think about those, but like for an actual anime. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely super uncomfortable with that idea now. Okay. Okay. Walking away from it quickly. Did you watch, uh, did you watch Ghost in the Shell? The Mm-mm. movie. Mm-mm. So Ghost in the Shell, like Ghost in the Shell, the one that you alluded to earlier, Ghost in the Shell, the the live action movie that they did. I mean, well, obviously I watched it because Scarlett Johansson was in it. Uh, but that the live that that was a it was a live uh, adaptation of the anime Ghost in the Shell. For the record, Allie does not want to go down yes. on Scarlett Johansson, and I do. Yeah, it's good. I mean, not Scarlett Johansson. I mean, well, I'm pretty sure she's probably good too, but no, I meant the actual movie itself. That's that's what I meant was good. <laughs> so Matt, Matt also wants to go down on Scarlett Johansson is what I'm taking away from this. I mean, why not? Scarlett Johansson. Come on now. Uh, okay. As long as Kate Beckinsdale and Mila Jovovich are reserved for me, that's fine. Okay. Noted. Okay. Matt, I started watching the live action of Full Metal. Like, I literally watched maybe two minutes and turned it off two minutes in. I was like, nope, nope, not doing that. Okay. Yeah, no. Like, every time I think about a live adaptation of a movie, I immediately think about that Dragon Ball Z evolution that they did. Mm -hmm. That was absolutely horrible. It was, like, the worst movie, I think, hands down, ever, that has ever come out. And I've watched really bad movies. It was a horrible movie. And the community still hasn't forgiven them for that. So So I'm just curious, like, was it, like, really horrible, though? Yeah, it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. Okay, I was just checking. I just was curious. Like, the worst. The worst ever. I got mad because I got in trouble for throwing popcorn at the screen. And then the guy (laughs) up in the movie theater, he was like, hey, you can't do that. And I was like, just put the movie back on. Like, no one cares. Nobody's watching this. It's just me in the theater. No one cares. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. You already got my $5 to watch this movie. Just shut up and put it on. I don't care. So cosplay, which is huge in anime circles, is also becoming more mainstream. And regardless of your feelings about any of these people... Celebrities like Kanye West 
Ariana Grande, Zac Efron, Keanu Reeves, Sam L. Jackson, who actually voiced Afro Samurai, have all talked about liking anime, bringing it more and more into mainstream culture. That's yes. what I had on history. I, all th- I thought that that was all very, very cool, and I am completely clueless to all of it, and yet I thought it was really interesting to be a part of, so thank you for the history, and thank you for struggling through all of those names for us. Like, I know that was really brutal, but really, seriously, that was really cool. Thank you. I'm super annoyed because yeah, that, that, that was huge. I don't have issues with those names when I'm not recording, so sorry Is that sort of like the way that you don't have issues counting when we're not recording? Yeah, very much so. Like, exactly. Exactly like how you know issue. how many fingers and toes you have when we're not recording, but then suddenly the mics are on and you're like, oh God, counting is my weakness. It's exactly it like that problem. That. Yes. Understood. Okay. Glad we cleared that up. I was just curious. So this next portion is some stats and stigmas. You love stigmas and stats. Less so stigmas, more stats. Just stats. I just got excited about the concoction that you had made with words. So this is a quote from PMEWSWire.com. The global anime market was valued at 24.23 billion US dollars in 2020. Holy fuck. Hold that holy fuck or repeat it in two seconds because anticipation to grow to 43.73 billion by 2027, oh. almost doubling its value in seven years. Oh. Shit. Oh my god. Holy fuck. From statista.com, favorability of anime in the US is higher among younger generations from 2020 data. Not that this is shocking to anybody, but 27% of adults aged 18 to 29 years old said they had a very favorable impression of anime films. This is actually double the share of adults between 30 to 44 years old and nine times that of the 55 to 64 age group who had said the same. Older generations were less likely to be or had never heard of it. So 27% of adults aged 18 to 29 years old said they had a favorable impression of anime films. As you go up, half of that percent said the same in age or had just never heard of anime. You know what's crazy about that though? Going back to Celeste and her her like being set aside and just being absolutely amazed by the fact of how much money that is. Like everyone's talking right now about that the new Demon Slayer movie um, that came yeah. out. And that movie actually was $65 million, I think, for their budget or like 70-something million or whatever. It is still the highest gross movie in the box office in Japan right now. They have made over $413 million Holy shit. off of that movie. So, like, it is like the it, – it, like, completely and i think they made like half of that within the first weekend of it coming out so it has been yeah it's been huge and that's such a good show yeah it is and the crazy part about it is like the uh, because i I pulled it up right now just for for conversation but so the audience rating summary was a 4.9 average out of five stars and this is based off of 6465 ratings so that is like huge that's like one that's like literally like one one star like it's i did not realize i truly didn't and i feel really ignorant saying this but i truly didn't realize that there was that much money in anime like okay that i know that sounds ignorant again but comparatively i just didn't know so that those numbers that's real fucking money that is actually mind-blowing to me. Yeah, huge. I don't really think that's ignorant. Like, if you're not exposed to it, why would you know? Yeah. Isn't that the definition of ignorance? No, stop being being so down on yourself. I'm not. I'm not. I'm being super realistic. Oh, yeah, you are. Oh, okay. All right. Uh Uh-uh. No, don't do it. 
I feel like you're saying it in a way that implies that you have some sort of like no, know, I'm implying sort of like I truly no, no, you guys, I'm truly implying I'm fucking ignorant. I don't know. That's okay. I can I admit that I'm ignorant. I don't know if it's an ignorance thing though. Like it'd be like me saying like I'm ignorant to learn how to churn butter. It's not the simple fact that <laughs> I, I, I don't. That I'm ignorant. I just, I just, I've never. I just don't just know. Exactly. It's like I've never just gone somewhere and just been like, hey, you know what, man? There's a butter churning class over here. I need to sign up for this. Like, I I don't think that I'm ignorant for that. I just, it's just not something that I'm passionate about. I don't need to know that. I'm not going to put that on my resume. Professional butter churner. Nobody knows that. So that's what I'm saying. I don't think that you're, I don't think that you're saying ignorant in the right way. You're just not knowing. It's just not knowing. It's okay. Okay. All right. So um, I, I'm pretty sure I know what the word ignorant means and it doesn't in fact me not knowing but we're gonna stick with the butter churning thing and just roll with that so now i'm gonna need to learn how to churn butter and it's fine so let's address some stigmas shall we let's yes so i'm gonna get a main one out of the way oh actually okay so i did this really weird thing that i don't normally do guys i first off i talked to my husband nick about this episode because i was so excited about it and i wanted to bounce ideas off of him because he is like my inspiration for what anime i watch and he will just be watching an anime and i will jump in the middle of it and i'll ask him what ones to watch and yada yada so I was really excited about this episode and bounced ideas off of him and I was having like internal dialogue with myself on it and then I was like I'm having a really hard time with the stigmas because I don't understand it I need to talk to somebody about this so I talked to Nick and we had a conversation about it and I wrote down the dialogue so I have these stigmas wrote down and like my rebuttals but I want your rebuttals too so if that makes sense rebuttals to the rebuttal so yes. we're really having a conversation with Allie, who's already had a conversation with Allie. Is that what you're telling exactly. me right now? Yes. I think you'll agree Allie with me. Square. I would love if you would agree with me and build up more or disagree with me. I don't care. In the in the seven years we have been friends, I have had so many types of Allie conversations. And I guarantee you this is the first time... I have ever had a conversation with Allie that Allie had with Allie. <laughs> Zip. This is dope. This is like full inception moment. I'm here for this. Right here, guys. This is a first right here on Taboos. This is it. <laughs> this is what this is what happens. I typed it out and then I was like, oh no, what did I do? And then I realized what I did, Celeste, was I typed out a rant. And I was like, oh no. Oh, you ranted? Yeah, but for each one. Oh, you ranted. I'm so proud of you. Girl, why do you think our why do you think our qualified immunity episode was 33 pages? Yeah, so I guess this is different for me, so here we go. Let's do it. I'm so excited. Rant away, baby. So I'm going to get a main one out of the way first, and that's the term known as otaku, which by Wikipedia's definition is as follows. A Japanese term for people with consuming interests, particularly in anime and manga. Essentially, this is someone that lives and breathes what their interests are, whether that be anime or football or building model airplanes or whatever. Although otaku might not be a word used mainstream, 
mainstream here in the States to describe how outsiders view people obsessed with anime. I still think it's accurate to use, and I think it's unfair for a love of anime to get any more flack than an intense football fan that has like a bunch of jerseys or builds a zone to watch the games with their buddies does. Like, how is watching an anime to escape reality any different than engaging like something like fantasy football? Truly, that's what I want to know. And I'm not putting flack on either of those. I just want to understand. What's the difference? Why is it viewed differently? It's not, though. Like, like it is viewed differently. I'm not arguing that, okay? And as the outsider perspective, that's what I want to throw out there. It is viewed differently. However, in you saying it that way to me, I fully recognize it's not different. It's truly not. The difference is that it is what separates, quote unquote, a jock mentality from a quote unquote nerd mentality. And I disagree with those mentalities and that stigma and that um, societal, I don't know, projection. But that's the only difference. And I think both are completely valid. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. If it makes you happy, it makes you fucking happy. Who cares? I, I agree. And I guess I would add to that. Also, I think that I think that the the otaku being used um, in that sense is just more so because it's a it's a term of endearment for people who believe in all things Japanese. So I think that people use the otaku as a label just because it's let's say that like there was let's say that no other no other country called themselves like cool you know like we all like we all say like cool or dope or something like that like if no other country ever said that and we and people would like say hey i'm dope like in in britain or something like that somebody was like hey i'm dope it's like oh you're saying you're dope but that must be an american thing so i think that's similar to what people are doing with like otaku they're just using it to say like i'm close enough with this community or close enough with this this mindset or this like you know this this like I don't know, this country or something like that. And I align myself with it. So I'm going to use the word otaku versus like enthusiast. Yeah. Because like, that's what people would say. I think it's like a cultural nod too. like on that exact same thought that you just had, Matt, like just in general, though, I think it's a cultural nod, which I think is okay. Like, I don't think that there is anything wrong with that. I, I, I mean, that's what separates it from like cultural appropriation versus fully recognizing and appreciating it for being a cultural thing. Yeah. And, and you also have to take in like the, the other side of that of being very literal because you know like that's the one thing that i have a buddy of mine who came from he came over here from iraq and he was saying like going through the tests and everything like that the way that it's all set up everything is very literal so when you're learning the english language from another country everything that you're picking up is saying like it's very literal so like you know we we joke around and we say hey that's the best meal that we've ever had and it's like realistically it's not the best meal that you've ever had because by definition the word best would mean that it's the ultimate meal that you have ever had of all meals but like people say we say all the time like this is the best barbecue in town or this is the best this in the world but like it's a it's not a very literal term so like with otaku it's not a very i think it's a very loose term they just use it specifically like i said just to kind of feel like that you you're a part of the community that you're a part of the culture so i don't think it's very literal in that sense we just use it yeah i agree what do you think on the point of like people that have obsessions or not even obsessions hobbies that are accepted within the united states that are mainstream being accepted within society versus anime fans that have collections or figurines or whatever where they're cast aside and viewed as like awkward or not okay honestly before you even go there though i just want to i'm going to take this away from like football because why are we doing that we should be comparing apples to apples in america it's totally okay to be a comic book fan it's totally cool to have watched 
every fucking ever thing ever in the MCU, right? I mean, literally, that's totally normal, but it's not normal to do the exact same thing with anime. I mean, really, if we're going to have that conversation, we should be doing it apples to apples. Yeah. Yeah, I think comic book is becoming more mainstream now, definitely. But comic books have been mainstream for a really long time. Well, that's those are retro, though. Comic books are all retro. And the reason why comic books, and I had this conversation uh, with somebody before, the reason why comic books are becoming more, more relevant now is because of the whole the Marvel movies like once everybody started getting back into the superhero movies because like all these comic books have been out for years yeah. and years and years but like once once you know Spike Lee came along and took all this all this time and everything like that build the whole universe not something that we've never seen before but majority of the people who like there are two t- different types of people that got sucked up in this whole MCU explosion there are people who read comic books back in the day but never got to see like you know films like you got to watch the old school like just this league and stuff like yep. that but you never got to watch an actual movie yep. and then there were people who had never read comic books at all but you enjoyed it because it was a superhero thing you mm-hmm. just enjoyed the simple fact that there was a big community that was built for superheroes so i think that in that sense like a lot of people they don't they're not i wouldn't say that i would never say that someone is not a fan of something but it's just one of those things it's the hot thing so when when you jump on the hot thing everybody no one's going to say anything because now you can talk to anybody people who are who never watched or never read a single comic book you can ask them like hey have you seen this movie and they're going to be like yeah i've seen iron man or i've seen robert downey jr is this i've seen thor it's like but you you've never read the comic books so you don't have the you don't have the fundamental understanding you just know what the movie showed you so it's like that's where your passion comes from so that's really fair i guess i kind of wonder then and this was actually one of my points later on um that I had a question on is I wonder if the success of Netflix specials like Demon Slayer will help mainstream anime and make it a talking point and make people more interested in it and make it a hot item and more accepted within the U.S. I mean honestly I can attest to that just from my experience as someone who who honestly I'm gonna say this because it's gonna come up at some point I don't prefer Japanese animation style like I I prefer a menial likeness I prefer a cartoon face that I recognize I I don't I have always been that way I don't like I just don't like it whether it's 2d or 3d it doesn't make a difference I mean seriously Pokemon and Final Fantasy look exactly the same to me I just don't prefer that animation style but what I can tell you is that in some of those um, interpretations or adaptions like you just referenced that are on Netflix or other streaming services I recognize that they are very Americanized okay but I can tell you that they are in fact opening the door for me to be more interested in them I mean Tiny and I have watched all of She-Ra and the Princesses of Power twice and there's like five seasons out. That's our favorite show. I'm rocking a Kipo shirt right now. Like those are cartoons that we watch together. She loves fucking, what is it called? Like Ghost House or Haunted House or some shit. She loves anime. Okay. She is all about it. She's about the Japanese style. She's about the Americanized version. So it's on in our house. But I can tell you that those streaming services having them is creating a draw for me because I don't even know where else to go look for anime to watch it. Like you guys talk about all these shows and I'm like, oh, cool. Where do I even find that? How did you even find that? So I do really 
really appreciate the streaming services for, even if they're not picking up the quote-unquote right version, I appreciate them helping me broaden my horizon so that I can get to the point of watching the quote-unquote right version. Yeah, that's that's real. And I think I think too to, to kind of piggyback on your on your um your statement, like I think the thing that has helped out with Netflix is like as bad as it sounds, but as good as it sounds too at the same time, has been like COVID. Because yeah. with everything that was going on with in Japan, like they were one of the first countries that really kind of shut down. So Japan, Korea, those countries were kind of the first ones to really like shut their doors. And which is why a lot of anime right now is so backlogged, like where episodes and, and seasons have not been able to come out because of production um, issues and things like that. Um, so and when you shut down, when you shut down a huge company, like when you shut down a huge community or a huge country like that, that they center around and i'm not saying that they center completely around anime but that as an entertainment value yeah yeah so it's like when you when you come down when you shut that that part down then it's like it almost kind of frees up another country or another market that has already kind of had their foot in the water and thanks to like you like the history that you kind of gave earlier um ali around that it just makes sense because you've already kind of got it here like disney's been doing this for years like disney has been like disney is the is the 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 huge like one of the biggest ones like from an entertainment standpoint ever so it's like you already have the animation style here so now you what you're looking for is a production company whether you whether you like if you're a disney i would that's exactly what i would do i would go around buying up production companies left and right mm-hmm. like these little mom and pop ones that can do this because now that now that there is now that there's a chokehold on like this this entertainment value like this is the time to kind of get in there and that's why i said netflix hulu um a lot of these other streaming services that are jumping into this like they're being able to completely like monetize like one of the biggest ones right now like seven deadly sins seven deadly sins hands down is probably one of the hottest ones that are on that's on netflix right now from an anime standpoint and it's crazy because it fits both modes again it's it's a very japanese art style but it's you can tell that it's american it's american influenced mm-hmm. so it's like when you watch that when you watch that show you can constantly continue to crank out episodes and crank out seasons because from their standpoint they record it all like they record like when you watch something on netflix it's all there they give you the whole season so it's like i can do that versus like in japan i gotta wait for you to write it out i gotta wait for you to put it into a a, a, you know a comic book i gotta wait for you to take it from the manga to make an adaptation to put it over here you have to do so many different steps whereas here we can just be like okay well here's a show that i just came up with it it can go straight to you know straight to netflix and here it is now it's a netflix original so you're just cutting out the middleman and you're making all of that money back um so that's why i said they're they're just kind of striving on that plus man we relax as hell with these covid restrictions and everything like that realistically so all all these people are somewhere in the same country like you're not like in japan where you can't talk to this guy who's all the way over here because maybe he doesn't even live in japan maybe he lives over here he's on a different time zone there's just so many different communication pieces so that's why i think they're making it they're making it so big right now Yeah, that's a very good point. But also like really cool because obviously there's a demand for it and Mm -hmm. what a fantastic way to help bridge the cultural gap, right? Like I just think about that too, especially as it relates to people of an Asian culture, which is very stigmatized right now by itself. I just think that that is like a small silver lining that I think deserves a call out. Agreed. Yes. So my next point is there's the stigma of anime lovers being greasy, unshowered, unsocialized individuals who live in their parents' basement. 
Um, I would just like to point out that Matt is hot as fuck and is totally Aww. drinking orange juice by himself right now. If he's in his mother's basement or not, I can't tell, but I don't think that stigma's uh, real. Uh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not. Um, I just want to go ahead and, and clear the air there. I'm not. I'm in a, I'm in a one bedroom. This is, this is it right here. I can, I can definitely show you. Oh, one, one oh there it is. There it is. There's the, there's the bedrooms over there. So, um, definitely not a basement. Um, but I, I will say this: like, if, if I was to give it percentage. I would say that there's probably that stigma is probably like 60 40 um, realistically because and I'm not saying all of those is true like I'm not saying that everybody who watches anime is greasy or dirty or anything like that but I'm just saying a lot of people a lot of people who would call themselves like diehard fans I don't know why but I actually had a conversation earlier on my episode that I just recorded earlier before jumping on here where we were talking about like you go to a lot of these like anime conventions and things like that and you do see these people like it literally smells like axe and and grandma's basement you know what i'm saying and bo because mm-hmm. like a lot of these people that, yeah like they and, and it's like it's either you don't shower regularly or and and this was brought up on that on that episode when i was recording was maybe your costume maybe you haven't cleaned your costume since like the last time you wore it you know what i mean like maybe there's some other factors that kind of play into that but like nine times out of ten the only ones that you really see that are doing like huge cosplay those people are usually like models so they usually have a a fresh outfit every single time they go out they specifically buy outfits to wear at these you know these cons and things like that but different ways a lot of yeah yeah but a lot of but a lot of time a lot of times these people and it may not even just be a money thing it may just be some people are just comfortable living living this life so i would say that's why i would say it's i think that it's there to a certain extent i just don't think that i don't think that it has to be it's not an all-inclusive yeah and i would say i would go further to even say i said 60 40 at first be honest i'd probably go further and say it's probably a 90 10 split i would say that the 10 percent is probably the people who are actually like that like the people who are you know who fit that mold i would say that they're not they're not that high yeah i agree so i think just like every other stigma that we ever talk about like any other stereotype and and stereotypical imagery right like i think about our virginity episode where we talk about the the virgin male right adult virgin male i think that what i hear matt saying and what i think is actually really accurate given the representation that i have experienced personally i think that that stigma that you're talking about is the quote-unquote like person perception and the rule of average but at the same time it's not average at all that's just what people roll with to help like pursue their own stigmatization of this culture and this experience i actually have a few thoughts on that so first off a lot of gamers carry that same stigma like agreed greasy and showered live in their parents basement i find that kind of crossover really interesting and like you said matt it's not to say that those people don't exist they definitely do 100 percent But to think that the majority of anime fans is that way is absolutely ludicrous. And I have two points to that. The first being a good majority of anime is driven towards middle and high school aged kids where good hygiene is still being learned as are social skills. So perhaps this helps perpetuate that stigma. And I mean, for good reason, you're still learning those skills in that age group. That's a really good point. And I closed Microsoft Word. 
I also think while you're pulling that up, I also think that that's an interesting concept to think about in the sense of like, what if those children are truly being like socially ostracized because of whatever reason? And the only place that they find normalcy is within anime, right? Because that's a super normal thing that everybody can say about something, whether that's anime or like you had said before, sports. So what if truly it's like this compound situation of a child who's already ostracized and doesn't really fit plus anime like that just helps feed that stigma again even though they're completely unrelated they still end up becoming talked about in the same conversation making it synonymous yeah i agree 100 percent because there's anime that is like there's different genres of anime and some anime focuses around characters that deal with mental health issues and their journeys and some people really turn to it for an escape And they do have those issues that they're facing and that just turns them even further inward because they are ostracized. And that's really sad. Super sad. That society would do that to them. Right. So my second point is that every fandom, no matter what it is, has some subset of, quote, unfavorables and cringeworthy. I'm using air quotes because judging people before knowing them is shit. So to act as though anime culture is a standalone instance in this kind of thing is ludicrous. But yet, because it's already misunderstood, it gets hit harder than normal in those judgments, in my opinion. I mean, you two are like the coolest people I know, and you both love anime, so I feel like it can't be that bad. No. Well, it's also one of those things, you know, shout out to uh, Shrek, you know, they judge me before <laughs> they even know me. Um, but uh, Donkey is actually that, uh... my spirit animal. <laughs> donkey um but i think that i think that it's it's i think that holistically like when you sit down and you think about it like i don't think that i think that there are some people who are are extremists when it comes to a specific thing like i love like you brought up football earlier i love fantasy football literally i think on on average every year i probably deal with four fantasy football teams a year like i can deal with and i've done probably as much as six fantasy football teams that i've managed myself in a year so like i absolutely love it so you have people who are like extremists, like people who will, you know, commit 100 percent of their time into those specific things. But I think that in those in those situations, a lot of people, like you said, they do find solace. Like you find you find people who are like case in point. If you're talking like we, we joked about it earlier, like BDSM or kinks or anything like that that you love. There are some people who have a base level with they that they absolutely enjoy, but they also have confines that they don't want to go beyond like i want to be right here i want to live in your community but i only want to live in this house like i don't want to i don't want to live over here in this mansion where you all live i want to live in this house on the same block um and i think that that's what happens a lot of times when it comes to these type situations like would it be easy for me like yes it would be easy as hell for me to stay at my parents house to save money or to do whatever and use that money for buying posters or going to a con or something like that out in san diego or playing video games and you know i don't have maybe i don't have a girlfriend maybe I don't have whatever and I can just do whatever my life you know gives me but it's like at the same time I understand that I can enjoy the anime and I can also enjoy the fact that I have a nine to five that pays me really good money that I can then use that money to do whatever I want with it so I think sometimes you have those extremists
It's like some people who are okay with living over here and saying that this is what what my life is going to be because I enjoy anime. And that's fine. Perfectly fine. As long as you're able to take care of yourself, you're healthy, you're able to do all this, that's cool. And then you have those people over here that are more like, yeah, that's cool. He's nasty over there. But I still love him. You know, like I still love him. You know, he's a brother of mine. But real recognize time, real. Like, yeah, you know, but I'm, I'm still going to do, you know, what I need to do. So that's why I say I think there's extremes in those situations. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a really important call out. And I really appreciate that analogy that you made because I was able to visualize it and go there. And I recognize that, like, I could be in the neighborhood. I'm never going to be in the mansion, but I could totally be in the neighborhood. Like, I recognize that. So I really appreciated that to even just, like, place myself. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'd like to, like, have a house in the neighborhood and sometimes go to the mansion for pool parties, but... Yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to have a guest bedroom in Allie's house. Love this plan. It always just reminds me of, uh, and I mean, I, this is completely off topic, but it always just reminds me of what is it the um, the uh, the Dave Chappelle skit where he was talking about the the whole LGBTQ uh, community. It's all sitting yep. up in the car. It always reminds me of like that, and I'm like, that that's literally it. Like every uh-huh. in every situation, whether it be whether it be anime, whether it be sports, whether it be whatever, there's always somebody. There's always somebody driving the car. That person that is like a cleat enthusiast. There's always that person that's going to be on the side. It's like I'm, I only do this part time, and then there's always that person that's sitting there on the side of the street that's just looking like, man, I don't know, but uh-huh. I really want to get up in this car. You know, there's always <laughs> that guy. There's always that person. So it's just kind of one of those things. That's so perfect. Shout out to Dave Chappelle, who is my hero. Yes. Dave Chappelle. So my next point is anime is cartoons. It's for kids. And the only thing I had to say to that was um, what clearly this person is unaware that anime has genres. Yes, huge genres. Um, We were definitely talking about them being sex before, so... There are some shows that, like, I have a buddy of mine um, who I served in the military with. His little girl just, like, or she's not a little girl anymore, Um, but his his daughter, she, like, recently got into anime. I think she's, like, 13, 14. And she like recently got into it. He was going out to go get her a Christmas present. He was like, yo, like, what should I pick up for? And I was like, dude, you call the right person. Like, let me show you. Let me tell you like what you need to get. And um, he had brought up something. He had saw Berserk. And I told he was like, is Berserk good? And I was like, dude, so let me tell you about Berserk. First of all, it is a good show. Second of all, your 13 year old daughter should not watch or read anything about Berserk. That is not that is Jesus. not a that is not a show that you should that, that you should even don't even bring that up to her. If she says anything about Berserk, like shut it down like oh, right away. Um, Because like you said, there are genres in that in that in that specific show. Like, have you did you watch Berserk, Ali? That is one of the shows that Nick loves. And I'm like. This is intense. Yeah, this that that show is not. It is it is it is the it's probably one of the darkest animes that I've ever watched. Um, and I can only watch like and I love anime. I can watch anime literally from sun up to sundown. But it is one of those shows that I literally can only watch maybe like three or four episodes of at a time before I have mm-hmm. to watch something lighthearted to pull me out of like the darkness and despair that comes along with that show. Yep. And so there are certain genres and certain shows that I just feel like they're not for kids. So you can't say, you can't say that all anime is for kids. Now there is a, there, now there is a, 
there are genres for those kids. Like there's a genre like people love slice of life animes. I absolutely hate slice of life animes. Like I cannot watch something that looks like normal everyday like living. Like I'm watching like like I think you said it, Celeste. Like I'm watching this to kind of get an escape out of this. Yeah. So I'm not gonna watch something that's like I woke up this morning, I have to go to work and I'm gonna go put like I don't care about that. Like I don't care about you working, bro. I had to work too and I'm working harder than you are, okay? And I have a real face. You're right, you know? So (laughs) I don't look at it like that, but um but yeah there are genres that are set up for people, um I, I believe. So I don't think that all of them are for uh, for kids at all. I agree one hundred percent, and I think that's just somebody being uninformed. Yeah. I also though would argue that like some of the ones that are kid friendly are still not necessarily kid friendly. Like Tiny loves this thing called Glitter Force, which I can tell for sure definitely is originally a Japanese art style. I'm confident that it is a dubbed anime, like because it's all in English, but their mouths don't really match. Like so, Glitter Force, like I recognize she loves it. Okay, and I'm I'm in I'm into it because she's into it, but I'm not actually watching it when she's like can I watch something yeah okay great turn it on so what I recognize about that show though is like although it is very kid centric it is not kid centric the same way that like I don't know Pokemon would be or the same way that Airbender would be it's kid centric in the sense of like yeah they're not taking their tops off and they're not absolutely slaying each other but that show still has a lot of very adult themes and concepts and she's into it so I'm not challenging it I'm just saying I think that you're point about genres is very very relevant and I personally can attest I've seen those I've seen the kid genres I've never seen the full spectrum of the way that adult genres can carry out too but even within the kid section I recognize there's definitely genres there also well and we also and the difference and I talked to my parents about this when I first I guess came out as an anime fan I guess that's the thing. Um, but I talked to them about it because my parents have no idea. Like, I tell them to this day, like, they're like, yeah, we don't listen to your podcast. But I tell people all the time that you got a podcast. I'm like, that's thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, Hand out I a sticker. love that. But um, but like I told them, like you when when you like start watching something, a lot of these things, it's just like any anything else. Like think about even back to what we were talking about before we were joking about it. Think about Lion King. When you watched Lion King as a kid, you didn't think about all the stuff that really went into Lion King. You watched it because it was a movie that was just so happened to be on and you enjoyed Simba. And it's but some like talking animals. Up, right. And then when you grew up and now when you watch it, like you said, with, with Tiny, when, you, when you're sitting there and you're like, okay, I'm watching this movie and you realize something that happened that you didn't see before when you were a kid. Yeah. As, from, a, from a kid's standpoint, you, don't, you, you still don't notice it. Like I can tell you right now and be like, hey, you know what? Right here, this was betrayal and this was where he hurt him and where the power struggle was. As a kid, you don't understand that. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, Scar killed me fast. I get it. You know, that's what happened. But so to your point, as a kid, you don't see that. You don't see the, you don't see the, the, the fact that, you know, this girl, and, and that's what a lot of people said about um, Sailor Moon was very overly sexualized, but it wasn't sexualized. It was, it was overly sexualized because people put the sex label to the actual show. Like it had nothing to do with, like, it wasn't about, no one was sexualizing girls walking around in, 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 in school girl outfits. Nobody was sexualizing that at, at all. And that's why, you know, that's one of the things that are 
are out there right now for kinks where like people are walking around you know girls are dressing up in like girl outfits it's not sexual it's not sexy until like you sexualize it so a lot of kids don't see like certain shows in that sense they don't see like oh look at her outfit they don't see that because it's not it's not that it doesn't actually exist it's not until an adult sees it that then they're like oh man yeah that's nice you know what i'm saying like oh that, that, and then now it's now it's sexualized for whatever reason so that's just another kind of stigma i guess that kind of rolls into that speaking of that being another kind of stigma that's my next point was it yeah bam sexualization is a construct just like everything else that we talk about right justice or honesty or loyalty it's a construct that we make to understand sort of why something is appealing or why something exists or why we do something the way that we do right so i think that that's actually a very interesting point and i think also to take it to that level of applying that construct something that i mean i'm specifically talking about in the sense of the anime that is made for children so like your comment about sailor moon right i think about applying that construct and how truly like inappropriate that is for anyone to take this really innocent thing and like erroneously apply this very non-innocent construct that we've created to it that's just super inappropriate if the content is that way totally get it right like then you're interpreting the content for what you're interpreting it for and that is what it is and i'm not saying like you and your imagination can't be like "Ooh, sailor moon in that skirt like yes girl get it come sit down like i'm not saying you can't have that conversation with yourself but like to then impress that upon anybody else or children who are watching that show and who are into it and they're following the content for what they interpret it as that just feels really wrong to me yeah agree yeah definitely that is not exactly what i'm about to talk about this is definitely uh okay i'll just dive into it because that will explain it can we acknowledge though that i actually like had something smart to add to this entire conversation like i had like one thing and i'm really proud of it all your things have been smart you had a lot of things yeah yeah (laughs) all of them every single one of them except for that pikachu noise So my next point is anime is too sexualized. It's just tentacle porn. Okay, here comes a rant. Part of this is right. Hentai exists and truly is porn and is categorized as such. And some anime is sexualized. It's considered fan service and eche and it's not prevalent in the majority of animes. Additionally, how is anime sexualizing women or even young girls different than something like superheroes in promiscuous outfits or how shows like Married with Children sexualized Kelly for adult males. So mm, I kind of threw out two different thoughts there. Okay, Matt, you had mentioned Seven Deadly Sins. Love Seven Deadly Sins for the plot. Definitely has fan service within the show. Mm-hmm. A lot of it I'm not comfortable with, but I, I love the plot. I can't I can't not watch it because I love the plot. Yeah. But I think society is super hypocritical to look at anime and say, there's upskirts in this show and the characters ages are like 16, but also look at shows like like Married with Children where or Hannah Montana where they sexualize teenage girls and be okay with it. Yeah. Celeste, you're shaking your head. What does this mean? I'm, I'm shaking my head because I completely agree with you. As I as, like, So you made the Married with Children reference and I've never seen that show. So I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But then you made the Hannah Montana reference and I immediately understood exactly what you were talking about because let's acknowledge how many times Hannah Montana wore a skirt that you could see her ash cheeks if she turned the right 
right way. Like on Disney Channel. Why? Yeah, or, or like Topanga in Boy Meets World. Boobs for days. Yeah. And now something else to keep in mind is that's all geared towards high school kids, which a lot of anime is geared towards that age group. So yeah, it's sexualized to sell. And it's from a different it's from a different culture. They have different expectations. Now am I excusing it? No, not by any means, but I'm just saying it's hypocritical. There is another component to it as well, where um, sexualization of like children, obviously inexcusable in any form. But once again, within the States, TLC had toddlers and tiaras run for five years. We have beauty pageants within the U.S. I just think it's really, I just think it's wrong for society to look at one thing and then not turn and look at itself just as hard. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah. Super fair on so many points. I I have super different thoughts on this. Let's go back to the cartoon thing for a second. Let's talk about SpongeBob. SpongeBob literally lives in Bikini Bottom with Mr. Krabs. What? Like, so you had made the argument before, like, maybe Hannah Montana was more of a teen-based thing, but Spongebob's not. Literally, Spongebob appeals to children, and that's just my one example. There are thousands, literally so many, it's not even funny, but I really mean that, okay? So, like, your point about Hannah Montana being overly sexualized, but maybe it's okay because it's for teens, is actually really irrelevant because there are plenty of children Americanized cartoons that are still this way, so there's that on your point about what was your other point help me like sexualized children toddlers and tiaras toddlers and tiaras thank you 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 that is honest to god an entirely different episode and i have a lot of thoughts on that that i would really like to explore but for the purpose of this episode and where you were going with that i completely agree with you i think that there is such a sick delusional fantasy sickness sickness that comes from pageantry like that and i'm not saying for the contestant I'm saying actually also for the contestant and everybody else. So I just don't love that concept as it relates to children. But I think that your point is super dead on. And I don't recognize a difference. I only recognize a difference in the sense of one is like real life and one is not. One is cartoon. But it that doesn't mean anything for children. Children live in that fantasy world and toggle between the two so frequently and so fluidly. They wouldn't know the difference. And that's really who we're talking about so how could how could that be acceptable i just i don't think it is i agree with you is what i'm saying yeah i i think that it's like you said i think that we're, your first point when you were talking about like hentai and tentacle porn and stuff like that i think like you said to a degree it is very fan service first and foremost very much fan service like it's one of the things that i don't even i, I wouldn't say I, I mean i don't i wouldn't i can't say i don't watch because i mean a lot of shows that i watch that have like some layer of that in there but i will say that one it's very fan service and two people like i think this the stigma around specifically around hentai and things like that it comes from more of it's a it's a horrible stigma to place on anime because like i hate like case in point i hate when somebody comes up to me and i say something like oh i watch anime or something and the first thing that somebody says is like oh you watch anime porn or you watch like something about tentacles or something like that first of all you're stupid like i wouldn't say go kill yourself but please shut up like there's so much more like we talked about there's so many more so much more depth 
something so much more plot line that comes into an actual show than just, you know, a girl with big boobs that walks around. And yes, she's in there because that's what's going to attract you. It's the same reason why we go mm -hmm. to Hooters. It's the same reason why we go to any of these restaurants where women wear, you know, some where they're scantily dressed or something like that. You go in there. You don't go in. Like, no, I've, I've never I've never heard anybody who tells me that they want to go to Hooters say that I got to I got to go to Hooters because it had the mm -hmm. best wings. Is Nobody Hooters says that. Like, thing? you can go to a yeah, Hooters is still a thing. I didn't know that at all. I <laughs> shout out to <Yeah>. Hooters. <laughs> But, like, I've never heard anybody just say, like, I'm going there specifically for, you know, their wings because they're just amazing. Or I need to go there to get a drink that they have that no other place has. So I think that a lot of people, like, you try to blur, like, a lot of people try to blur that line and they try to make it seem like, to Celeste's point, just because it's a cartoon, I don't think that you need that. I think that, like you said, I think it is very fan service. I don't think that you need it. But I think that if you're going to put it in there, it's, it's a, I, I would say this, there's a little little bit of i'm a little bit in both i guess you could say like a both uh, sides of the fence only because i think that a lot of times we hide behind the fantasy of it and i think that from a fantasy standpoint when you're when you're in that age group and you're in that age bracket of people like the demographic that this is meant for like you said that late teenager to early you know adulthood i guess you could say when you're in that that area you're already experiencing some type of people most of those kids at some point in time have already went to go watch their first porno they've already logged on to some sex site they've already seen the real thing so i think that that's why i said i, I i'm not going to say that it's i'm not going to say that it's okay but i think from a fantasy standpoint like it's a little bit different because like you said if, if i'm if i'm a 13 14 15 year old kid it's easier for me to watch something like i'd have to go search out of my way to go try to find something that's anime related for it to be like some kind of porn like an actual yeah. porn it's easier for me to just go to a website and i can watch anything or i can hear my friend talk about this effect he just had sex the other night you know what i mean at that age so i think that from a fantasy standpoint i think that's where it's kind of skewed and i bring this all back to my original conversation that we talked about when it first when we first got started about the sexualization anime at its core is from a very again i'm not going to say sexually deprived but it's from a very different culture when it comes to what they what they interpret what they allow from a sexual standpoint like we're also talking about like you know countries that literally dealt with and went through the whole like you had like population control this is a the real definition thing. of like, sexual oppression to, mm -hmm. right so it's so a lot of times in a lot of these art styles it comes out i mean it's like you can only sit here and deal with that for so long as a as a creator as a art or as an author or as or anything like, you can only deal with that for so long and eventually it's gonna be like you know what i know what they like especially and again your number your number one export right now you're huge into united states the united states has been known and has been notorious for being overly sexualizing ourselves it's a it's a societal thing too it's like well i'm also giving you it's a supply and demand like you you like you like porn and you like all this stuff so much like well shit we can do the exact same thing with you know this character from this show over here we can give you that you know what i mean so i think that's why i said i have a foot in both sides because i think that it is a negative stereotype like i hate when people say that and a negative stigma when people say that all anime is porn but at the same time a lot of that is set up specifically around um the audience 
audience that they're also creating this for and it being a little bit different only in the sense of a fantasy versus a real world like a real life so i'm not saying that it's right but i'm just saying that i think that i think that you can get away with it and again i'm using air quotes but i think you can get away with it because it's more of a fantasy style versus um you know it being like a real world type type you know uh porn or something like yeah. that i think that that unbiased opinion is actually like really meaningful and that was really helpful for me personally as somebody who's completely on the outside of this that was really really helpful for me to differentiate in my mind so thank you for sharing that i thought everything that you said was really interesting and super valid and again like i could go there so even being very novice i understood and followed everything that you said so i thought that that was really cool for sure i think a lot of people honestly uh are shocked by it when they see it because it's in a an animation a drawing versus they see it every day in real life and they're they're desensitized to it in real life but they're not desensitized to it in a drawing it's a new form of seeing it and there is the line where characters in anime are generally younger so that's an entirely different issue i think and i'm not condoning any of that side of it obviously but i think the fact that there's the broad stigma of anime being sexualized as a stigma being painted onto it is absolutely absolutely ridiculous especially within the society that we live in today and like looking at advertising in general i think it's just super hypocritical and needs to be dropped it's just insane to me and it's such a small amount of anime that is that way i don't know what these people are looking for honestly like what what are their searches that this is all that they're finding for anime so because like attack on titan is huge right now i can't think of a single instance of fan service that i have seen in attack on titan i guess so here's something that i'm thinking about and and i see both sides of this so i want to i just want to throw up both so the one side that i recognize is okay i don't know shit about anime hey hi i'm here i recognize that my daughter my child is watching a cartoon I recognize that I don't recognize the style. I see that it's colored. I see that there's a pig. There's a fucking pig and a little girl with a sucker as a weapon. Like, I see that shit. And then I also see something very, very sexualized from this very innocent mindset right like i'm i'm looking at the tv thinking she's watching rugrats and all of a sudden they're like suck my dick bro and i'm like whoa dill pickles just whipped out his dill pickle like i'm not ready for that so like that that piece i understand and like am i saying that that's right no but i'm saying at a shock value i recognize like that would be weird for me as somebody who doesn't know anything about anime so i really appreciate that background on that side of it the second side of it though is that american cartoon American cartoons are just as sexualized, if not more. If not more. So I just really don't understand. Allie, you use the word hypocrisy, and really that's what this feels like to me. And I think that I recognize that that hypocrisy actually feels a little bit more jaded because specifically the only thing that's different is the art style and the producer so how could how can you be mad it's they're literally making the same fucking shit you're just mad that you didn't have the idea the talent or the drawing like that's too fucking bad you got spongebob be happy with that well and it's also and it's also one of those things too it's a it's the quote-unquote export yeah, it's it's the it's the simple fact that it wasn't it wasn't here. Like I had my my we we brought this into the to our country, and this is what you decided to bring mm-hmm. into it. 
I'm okay with watching Family Guy. I'm okay with watching Simpsons. I'm okay with watching American Dad. I'm okay with all that because that's here. That's homegrown. Uh, King of the Hill. Like, I'm okay with all of these type shows. These are fine. But it's a simple fact of, like you said, this is a whole community and a whole culture that is not already, it's already foreign to us. And then what you're going to bring into that is also sexualize this to the point of, um, to the point of, like, where everything is, is some way, shape, or under form sexualized. And to your point, Allie, the way that a lot of this is actually getting, that a lot of people are getting over on this whole underage thing is because realistically, what people are saying, and I think this also doubles back to you too, Celeste, is a lot of times what they're doing is characters are designed and characters are drawn to look a certain type of way. But when you get on these fandoms and you get on these wiki pages and you start following up with where the producers are, they're not that age. Like when you're looking at them, they're setting a, they're setting a pretense and setting this this like perception in your mind that like you said when you see this Celeste and you see Dill say this or you see this character say this in your mind you're associating this Mm -hmm. with this child that looks like they're probably 12 to 13 years old that just said you know something about my deal but then when you go look at a fandom page you go actually look at like the lore of the story it says that this character is actually 18 years old and I think that that's where a lot of times it's a it's also the perception that we see first because again like like you said with Topanga with any of these other shows we knew how old these kids were we knew that you were somewhere in your teens or something like that i can look at you and i can tell based on your body development based on whatever you know the way that you talk yeah i can tell that but like on a lot of these shows now they're set up to where because it's easier animation style it's easier for you to draw a little a little character than drawing a big character and like this big robust and again to your point that's why you don't see a whole bunch of this like a lot of productions companies that's just stupid it's a waste of time and it's a waste of of artistic talent to draw this big character who's like six foot tall with you know these big you know triple g breasts and you know what i'm saying this big these big hips like it's easier for you to draw this little small petite school girl who's going to kind of do the same thing but when you see it from a shock value you say she looks like she's seven but then like i said when you look at the lore or you follow the story or that character is introduced and she says why are you looking at me like that i'm 18 and it's like oh okay you know what i'm saying and they they expect you to be able to say okay i'm okay with this because she's 18 and now it's okay versus like you said we're looking at it and you're just saying no she looks like she's my little girl's age like i'm not okay with yeah. this at all and that's where i said that's where they get a, they got away with a lot of that case in point with like we talked about say for sailor moon like sailor moon we all knew that they were all teenagers not all of them were all robust they weren't all you know these big you know big breasted women that were walking around that could barely fit in their you know their outfits they were just regular you know kind of running them and they had a couple of them that were a little bit more you know aesthetically pleasing i guess you could say but but the most part they just look like regular girls you know so um i don't know i just i think that that's where they i think that's where they kind of that's the loophole i guess you could say in that in that situation how they try to avoid the stigma of saying well if you look actually into the show you would know that this character is not the age that they look so yeah i think that's really important too because i want to go back to the idea that like anime is a fantasy right like each of these shows and concepts and comics are built around a fantasy concept a fantasy world so really like i recognize two sides of that i recognize the dirty side the gross side that makes me go ew which is this girl 
is 18, but she looks like she's 12. That's gross. I also recognize as a 28-year-old woman, if somebody complimented me and was like, oh my god, you look like you could be 18, that would be fantastic, right? Like, that that would make me feel like I was totally on top of my game and at the height of, like, the genetic pool at that moment because, like, that's a really, really cool, like, fountain of youth moment. So I recognize both sides of that and I just wanted to throw that out there because I thought that that was, like, a really cool thing that my brain did. Yeah. Yep, I agree. And I agree with your point on it being still two sides. Like, there's still a gray line to it. I think there's a gross side and I think there is still a hypocritical side and I'm not the person to weigh those sides. So I'm just here to bring the conversation forward. I have a real question that I want to pose to you guys that is, hi, I'm Celeste and I'm argumentative and I like to just like pot stir moment kind of thing. So really, I'm here asking you guys, do you think that part of this stigma, I mean, we talked about before how anime is doing a favor for Asian cultures, right? But do you think part of the stigma, especially given the conversation that we literally just had, is a racist thing? Like, is part of it that this is, Matt, when you were talking about the American cartoons, you literally listed every cartoon that is a white family, American dad for fuck's sake like i'm just saying comparatively is that a factor here or is that not a factor here i'm asking Mm, me personally i don't think that it's it's a factor only because i think okay let me rephrase that so i think that it is a factor but not in the simple not in the sense of how the show is it's an it's a factor in the way that the show is produced so i don't think that i think that because nine times out of ten like and that's what i have to explain to people nine times out of ten when you're watching an anime those characters are not japanese like half the time yeah, they are white char- they are literally white characters like they're not japanese they're, they're, they don't they don't even have nope. any facial they have big white eyes features at they all they need to make them look have, like that yeah no i'm yeah. totally with you yeah like and nine times out of they always try to find a way to bring in some blonde haired blue eyed character or something like that so these are not japanese people by any means nope. necessary some of them are but not not very rare so i don't think from a i don't think from that point and i think the reason why they do that so if you want to say a, a maybe a racist moment that would be i think where they kind of switch it up to make that animation style be more welcoming because and i had this conversation um when i did my i did my episode on for black history month at the very beginning of black history month where i talked about dope uh african-american um characters in anime the stigma that was carried from that you think about like dragon ball z mr popo they they had these like big like super dark like almost like the color of actual black you know as a, as a character with these big mm-hmm. lips that you know what i'm saying were like peeled back there were these big pink lips and you know what i'm saying like or these other characters that have dreads or something like that that's it's a style that i think that they do to say we're trying to include everyone so i don't think and i don't so i don't think that they're necessarily doing it to be racist i think that they're doing it to try to be inclusive so i think that that's kind of what where that's coming from so i love that i love all of that and that was so important but totally not my question loved it cheers to you but what about let's talk about from a viewer perspective not a producer perspective oh then from yeah i think from from a viewer from a viewer's perspective then i think that i think that's what it is i think that a lot of it comes into again i think that it's more so of where what we talked about before where it's where it's coming from i don't i think that i'm okay with again i'm okay with it being made here if it's like this because we've already seen these cartoons and i was and i was raised on this like 
you got to think about it. We've all we all grew up watching yep. The Simpsons, watching Family Guy. And again, when you go back and you watch this as an adult, that's the only time that you really have an issue with it because now you're starting to see the the underlining tones and things like that versus this being something new and you kind of bringing it over here and now have an issue with it because yeah. you brought it over here. So I think that's where it comes from, yeah. to your point. I think that's really interesting. And I've never really considered the racism aspect of anime before from, again, from a viewer perception, from the stigma that comes with anime not what anime is portraying at all but i do really really i mean it i appreciate your inclusivity comment because i didn't know that right i would have no idea um my favorite anime is a fucking americanized one and uh what's his name brown k sterling is like the dad and that's the only reference that i have so i don't i really don't know so that was a big deal for me but like again from like a stigma perspective i think it's really actually important that we call out that the reason that anime might not be super tremendously acceptable from a society perspective is because we live in an incredibly racist country. I'm going to challenge that though to a degree because I honestly don't know if a lot of people know where anime comes from to be honest like to associate it with the race. I disagree with you on that. I don't know shit about anime but I know it's not American. I know it's not Americanized cartooning. I know it's not. I know it's not. I can tell the minute a cartoon comes on. So your point before about knowing the difference between, or when I had asked about Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and I was like, how would you know? I know how you know. I just don't have the resources and the experience and the knowledge to say it and see it from the other side. But like, I can absolutely tell you the difference between an American cartoon and an anime cartoon instantly it's the flip side that i struggle with but that's because i don't have exposure to anime cartooning so cartoons cartooning is cartooning a verb i don't know but i just made it one but to your point Allie, i would disagree with you on that i know the difference and i don't know shit about anime mm-hmm. yeah i'm not sure on that i don't know maybe it's just because i just would find it i would just find it weird that people would shut down tv viewing due to a culture i guess i've just i personally have never come across that of this specific instance i mean i've never heard of this so i'd be interested to see how if it is true like take a poll i want to know you know what i mean yeah no i think that's what you're saying is really valid and i was just asking a question so i really appreciate your perspective and i wasn't shutting you down at all i was just saying on a on a visualization front like oh yeah i definitely know the difference and if anything, and it, and it may be, it may be a to your point, Ali, Ali, and kind of listen to what you were saying too, Celeste. It may be, it may not. I would even go as far as to challenge it and say that it may not necessarily be a quote unquote racism, so much as maybe it is more of a nationalism. I think that's more so what it what okay. I would call this okay. one specifically, only because um, I think that again, it's. It's all about it's we all know that perception and, and the way that you look at things is it's nine times out of ten it's your it's the whole nature yep. versus nurture thing, right? If you were if you were raised to to be in a certain situation and you know, this is what all you knew, like with the minute that something kind of comes in, if you aren't open to that, or again, if you're ignorant in the sense that you've never seen this or anything like that, it's easier for you to turn it away or mm-hmm. to shun it. It's easier for you to say, okay, well, you know, like I'm I'm not okay with like going back to the original stigma about like people who judge people who watch anime. I, me personally, I didn't watch it till I was like 18. Like that was like the first time I really just d- deep dived into a show. And at that point, the minute that I went into that and I was like, man, I really love anime. This is where I am. This is where I am. It, it immediately became that thing of like but you're black like you don't 
how do you watch anime but you're and i'm like well that has that has nothing to do with being black it's it's just japanese they're like but you don't even know japanese i'm like again it's, it has nothing to do like there there are subtitles that pop up on about just like you watch cctv like there's still subtitles that pop up at the bottom so i think it i think that the i don't think that it necessarily and i said the black thing obviously because a lot of people said that but that was more that was that was I, I i didn't care too much for that but like i said from a from a me personally it was the it was the simple fact of that's why you had to do sub versus mm-hmm. dub that's why a lot of these right a lot of these production studios the show should be able to come out in its purest form just like we watch uh, yep. Grey's Anatomy or we watch General Hospital or whatever it is when you watch that show you should have the option to say hey you know what i want to watch it with or without subtitles that's mm-hmm. how it should be and I think that a lot of times we as Americans, we Americanize things in that sense. And I think that's what we did with anime. Like we took it, we said, hey, it's very pure and our people love it. We absolutely love it. But uh, we got to put an American twing on this. We got to put something on this to make it Americanized. And, and that way it's like, well, you see, you want to watch you want to watch anime, but you still want to be American. Watch it dubbed. That's how you do it. So you're still supporting the Japanese culture, but you're watching it in the English that you understand, and that's how it should mm-hmm. be done. So I think so. That's why I said I don't think it's necessarily racism so much as after talking through it. I think where it whereas it is more maybe a nationalism. I think that that yeah, was fascinating, really and I really appreciate that you went there. And I agree with you completely. I do think that nationalism is really where I was trying to go with it, but that concept for me was not. I, my my mind was not broad enough to think about it from a nationalistic perspective when really, I mean, the core is the same problem, right? It's xenophobia. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So like we're talking about the hatred of something you don't understand. But I completely agree with you that it is on a national level instead of on a specific race level. And that is really an important distinguishing factor. So thank you for doing that and for you guys allowing me to have that question and throw that conversation out there because I think that that was really cool and really important. Yeah, for sure. No, and I, I don't think that I, I think that we all kind of arrived at that location just by talking talking through it so definitely shout out to both of you all you're as well. so good to us we should you have that on more often agreed so this last section that i had it was just some fun facts to wrap it up i love your fun facts go fun facts so these were primarily from newslanded.com and ranker.com 60 percent of the world's animation based entertainment is anime whoa yeah that's Huge. crazy yeah that's wild. The highest grossing anime film of all time, which actually might not be correct now, according to your earlier statistic on Demon Slayer, Matt, but... I'm about to put some... Yeah, no, wrong. you're good. Please keep talking. Nope, keep talking, because what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to... I'm going to fact okay. check it right now. <laughs> the highest grossing anime film of all time is Kimi no Noa, otherwise known as Your Name. The film brought in more than $355 million worldwide. Whoa. Oh my god, there's another Googler in our podcast. The Googler! I, I love doing this. Okay, so according to Wikipedia right now, it says that Your Name is third at $380 million, Spirited Away is second at 395 million and demon slayers at 42 420 million at number one whoa these lists fail me no you're good i I just went to look it up just 
just because I had said that, and if I'm going to say something, I want to put I want to put a stamp by it on my name. So I just want when to you said sure. it earlier, I was like, hang on, I need to note that in my head because I'm pretty sure that's a bigger number than what I'm going to say later on. And Allie's really bad with numbers. Please, Taboo's fan base, do not think that I was attacking Allie by any means necessary. I was just fact checking myself. I was checking. I was betting against myself, and I. Oh my god! If they put any faith in my facts, they clearly don't listen to our show. So we literally tell people only seventy percent of what we say is accurate. The creators of Akira used an astounding number of 327 colors in the movie, 50 of which were exclusively created for the film and its scene requirements. They created 50 new colors to create the movie. That's That's, They created colors to create a movie. That what? Yeah. Yeah. Do they need help naming those colors? Because I know two podcasters who are available. (laughs) This looks like pink. I I love, like... (laughs) You're not the podcaster I'm talking about. Matt and I are available. Um, I, I like it's funny because like to your point, like and we, I, I briefly kind of went over through my love and kind of gushed about Akira because I absolutely love Akira. I have it on a Blu-ray, um, so it's even better because it's kind of like the quote-unquote like upscaled version of it. So you can kind of get like a newer kind of view mm-hmm. on it, I guess, versus like the VHS like back in the day. Um, and like those colors and the way that that show, the way that that movie was actually laid out, was like perfect so it that would not surprise me by any means necessary like it is it is very like aesthetically pleasing like it is you talk about like visualization and like capturing you through all of the colors and through just everything like it's it's absolutely beautiful especially for it to be a future set anime in 1988 like it is it is beautiful beautifully drawn Spirited Away was the first anime to win an Academy Award, which was Best Animated Feature in 2003. That's crazy. Especially because we just talked about how so much stuff came out between 88 and 2003, and that was yeah, the first one. Yeah, exactly. And final fun fact. Death Note is banned in China, as are a bunch of other animes. But this was in particular because students were writing down names of teachers they disliked in their Death Notes. Oh my god! <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. I would probably do the same thing. So I I would probably be banned as well. Like I'd be walking around just writing down people's names. I'm the same, but I'm also the same person that says, I literally was having a conversation with my brother yesterday about Harry mm-hmm. Potter. And I told him like, literally I would be the worst wizard ever because like, I would literally just walk around. Like if I'm standing in line at like Walmart and nobody's checking me out. I was just start hitting people with a Vatacadabra. <laughs> like I'd just be like a Vatacadabra. Like get out of my way. I'm trying to leave. I got somewhere I got to go in, in an hour. You're taken to a Vatacadabra. Crucio, Vatican Death move. Curse, everybody. Nobody piss off Matt. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd, also, I'd also be like the worst thief ever. I would just sit there and just walk into place and just say Accio, whatever, and then just walk back out. Like, I'd be like, you know what? I'm not going to go find the milk today because you guys keep moving it. Accio milk, and then I'm just walking out of the door. Like, I'm not, I'm not. So Matt's this. a pacifist in real it. life, but as a wizard, he's a total <laughs> asshole, just so everyone knows. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm the worst. I'm. I'm worse than Baltimore. I would have made Baltimore. I would have. I would have beat the fuck out of Baltimore. I would have been like, "No, nah, man, we ain't playing that game. Not today." I and I got more melatonin than you. This ain't what. You, exactly. This ain't what you came to see, son. I got a nose. <laughs> you don't want to mess with me. I'm out here. Like. So that was all I had, except I do have two kind of random questions, and they're um, actually okay. No, I have one random question and one call for help 
The first random question is geared towards you, Celeste. Okay. Okay. You claim to not get into anime, and I don't understand why, because I don't understand why you like Pixar, but not anime, like anime, but you like Pixar animation. So help me understand, why do you like stuff like Pixar animation or Disney, like old Disney, like Beauty and the Beast, or even princess and the frog but you can't see yourself getting into anime Uh, okay so i go back to the it's the it's the way that my mind and my eyes translate the data okay like that sounds so stupid and so clinical but i really mean it like i genuinely do not see certain types of anime certain type animation i don't even want to say anime because it's not just anime but certain types of animation, my brain just doesn't process because it's so foreign to me. Like, like literally the the image itself doesn't look like a face anymore. Like, you see a face. You see Ash, Ash Ketchum has a face. I don't. I don't see that Ash has a face. I just don't see it. And Tiny, she's super into this. She draws chibis all the time. She draws Magna all the time. Like, she's into this. She wants to do this, and she's she's she loves watching it. And I want to support her. And at the same time, I just, my brain just doesn't see it. I need a menial likeness. I need to see a face that I recognize as a face. And that's not me being racist. That is true. Because it, it again, it happens to me on, like, Americanized cartoons as well. The fucking alien thing from um, American Dad. What's his name? Roger? Okay. Yeah. I can't. I cannot look at Roger. I like his character. And I love when he dresses up. I think it's hilarious. But I literally can't look at him. His face means nothing to me. And Allie, you know that my facial recognition feature is like FBI level. You know that about me. So you know that that plays such an important role in my recognition of things in general. I just don't see it why i can see disney or pixar on the flip side of your question i don't know maybe it's because i've been exposed to those for so long maybe maybe because it is a much more americanized menial likeness that i'm just more familiar with it i truly don't know but i can tell you i've tried to play final fantasy like four times and i can't figure it out because i literally can't see anybody all the characters look exactly the same I can totally understand all the Final Fantasy characters looking the same. But that's my, that's that's my experience in 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 majority kinds of this animation. Like literally tiny, like I said before, is obsessed with the Glitter Force right now. Shout out to Glitter Force. I literally only know them by their hair. I recognize their hair because they're all different, not only color, but some have pigtails, some has a ponytail, one has whatever. Like I recognize them by their hair. I cannot look at their faces and know who is who. They look they all look exactly the same to me. But that but they look exactly the same and yet they don't look like anything. They don't have faces to me is what I'm telling you. Cause the second part to this was me asking you, Matt, to help me find an anime for Celeste to watch. <laughs> um with faces. Oh that would be <laughs> With faces. Because um. here's the other thing. I could tell you what she doesn't like. Like, Cowboy Bebop would not be her thing at all. 
I kind yeah. of see her watching Full Metal, but I don't know if she would get into the animation style. She would really like the storyline. Uh, she would hate the comedy in it, like the funny bits in it. But I could see her being considering I hate Archer. First episode. How do you hate Archer? She's never oh watched gosh. Archer. She has never watch watched it. Archer. She also hate. I don't watch. She Archer. also hated Bob's Archer Burgers when she first watched it. And That's she's not never true. Watched. I didn't say I hated Bob's Burgers. I said it was stupid, and it is stupid. It's just an amazing stupid. She also hasn't watched Archer again since she judged stupid. it. But Full Metal Alchemist <laughs> and Archer have nothing to do with one another at all. So you just. No, you, not said, even. you said because of the comedy, and I said yes, because I have yeah, poor taste. Complete, I don't even like Archer. Yeah, it's a completely different kind of comedy, though. Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. Um, as I'm looking at my extensive, my extensive list of, uh, of, of anime that I'm trying to think through, um, to be honest, probably one of the first ones that I would suggest... He doesn't like blood and gore or uh, zombies. If you were to kind of get in... No zombies. Firm pass on zombies. No zombies. Okay. <laughs> um you narrowing down my <laughs> list a lot. Um well it was it was more of the blood let me let me be very specific. It was more of the blood okay. and gore that actually kind of <laughs> kind of narrowed it down, not the zombies. <laughs> um I don't know. Like there are some some good ones. Um do they have zombies in that one? No. Do they have blood and gore? We could do some blood and gore. I could handle some. So I would suggest, hmm, honestly, like I think a really good starter in that situation would probably be, I just had it. It's right here. Oh, um, the, uh, the rising of the shield hero. I think it's a really good because it has, it has, it has, different face i know for a fact it has di- i mean it has different faces um it's it follows it has a very 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 unique um storyline um it has depth it has the it has a nurturing relationship that kind of buds from the very beginning so it has that um and it has not a whole bunch of blood and gore um it's a really good sh- that's a really good show. I think that'd be a really good starter for you to watch it. Um and it's on um it's on what I, what do I have that, that on? That was right gonna now? be my next I question. think I'm watching it on Crunchyroll. I think that's what I watched that on. But yeah, it's a really good like, like I said, I think that's a really good starter for you. I think something like that, or if you're I would say either if it's not something like that, um, if you're into like sports, I mean, there's a couple of ones I would suggest, but outside of that, like I think Rising of the Shield Hero would be a really good one to start off with. And it's a fairly quick watch. I think there's three, I think there may be like two, three seasons, 24 episodes a season. Okay. So it's a decent watch too. So, but I would suggest that Rise of the Shield Hero. All right. It's on my list. It's on Netflix too. Nice. Is it? Yeah, it is. Yes. I'm also going to assign to you Watch the very first episode of Full Metal Alchemist. Just the first one. Just one. Just because. Oh yeah, that yeah, if you can yeah, if you don't if you can't get into that one, that that's that's a I don't know. I don't know what to tell is you. Is there that no one. hope that, for me that, at that point? Literally when I first watched it. No, no, no. It's it's just it's a show like that show, the very first episode is one of those ones I always tell people it's a make or break. Like, you know, some shows you just watch and like if you can't yep. get into it, you just yep. can't get into it. Like it, it you it hits you through every single like 
like you climb the tree and then it, you hit every single branch on the way down. So if you don't, if you can't get into it, then that, I mean, that show is just not, it's just not okay. for you, but it's a really good show. It's one where I know if you could, if you like the animation and can get past the faces or like the faces, you would really enjoy the storyline because it is a very good character yeah. developed storyline. So Okay. Super cool. Yeah. I will definitely look into that. I loved that experiment, actually. I really did, because truly, I want I want to be able to have this experience just because I, I like experiencing things, right? I like learning new things. I like being a part of the conversation, even if that is to just say, like, I recognize this reference or whatever. So I really appreciate that we could play that game, because I would have no idea where to start or, honestly, how to work around my visual handicap as it comes to anime because honestly that's what i that's what i look at it as i don't have an issue with anything about the concept or about anything like that it's truly just the visualization my brain just doesn't see it the same way that my brain doesn't see numbers like it's like a anime dyslexia i don't i can't explain it other than that it's the weirdest thing so i really appreciate the suggestions because i am excited to try them I literally wrote this down as homework for Celeste to watch an anime. Which one should she actually enjoy? <laughs> yeah, that's those are those are very good ones. Um, like I said, very very good to kind of get into it. Um, yeah, those are those, that that would be the one that I would say. Those would be the ones that I would say for sure. Because, like you said, it's 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 difficult too. It's you. It's all. It all comes down to again. Everybody has preferences, so it all comes down to like when I first started watching stuff, like. I'm like, yeah, I really like this. And then some stuff like people that pe- even to this day that people put me on, I'm like, yeah, I don't like this at all. Yeah, so. that's fair. Well, guys, that was all I had except for my very last question, which is what did you learn here today? Can I go first? Because I was like the most novice of all things ever. Of course. This was the most least prepared I've ever been for an episode. Like, let's acknowledge that. I've never been more unprepared for an episode. <laughs> so that's fun. I learned that here today. Um, I really did learn so much about what this means to not only Japanese culture, but also, like, the culture of anime. And uh, just honestly, like, the history was so cool. This entire concept is so cool, and I just really appreciate that you guys helped put me on the path of, like, this is not different than what Americans have on their TVs all the time. It's just different because of the cultural difference. So, like, that is really meaningful to me, and I really appreciate that perspective because, honestly, I didn't know that, and I never thought about it that way. So, that's what I learned here today, and I thought this was really cool and just completely different and I would have never had this conversation under any other circumstance so I thought that this was really cool for that reason what did you guys learn here today Matt yeah uh well first of all I mean I kind of came into this a little bit more senpai style so I think I came into it with a little bit more of an understanding you are our Mr. Miyagi um, really I think (laughs) um I thought that like I, I don't know. I really enjoyed the history of it because, again, um, to your point, Celeste, like, I've been a member of this community. Like, I've been watching anime, like I said, for 13 plus years now at this point, and I never knew the history of it. I never knew, you know, a lot of 
how how it originally started. I never knew about the the export and the importing. You know that a lot of the countries, uh, you know, especially between the U.S. and uh, Japan, how that was actually set up. Um, and it was it was very interesting to it's very interesting to sit down and obviously talk through these concepts and through these through some of the thought provoking questions that you asked, Ali, because. Again, on my podcast, it's just me talking. So it's always cool to kind of get some banter and kind of get some questions asked. But it was just interesting to see, like, how other people think and how other people um, kind of shape opinions around certain things. And just just kind of learning that just because you know a lot about a specific subject doesn't necessarily mean that you know everything about that subject. And I think that you guys definitely challenged a lot of even just kind of my thoughts when I'm, when I'm sitting down, I'm thinking about a show, like, am I watching this show because it has some kind of hidden, you know, some kind of hidden thing in there, like some kind of hidden message, or am I watching it because I actually enjoy watching this? Like, am I watching a show and judging it um, based off of, a character that I don't like or something like that, or is it because I just don't like, I just don't, do I just not like this character? Or do I not like this character for a specific reason? Like, I think that it's, it's just interesting to kind of think through those things and think that um, holistically that there's a psychology. Oh my God. It's yes. like that. I, I didn't even think about, yeah, that I didn't even think about. I was just, I was thinking about it, like watching, like the way that you watch Bob's burgers is the way that I'm watching this anime, but it's, there's actually, you know, kind of a deeper, and I, I knew that there's a, a deeper meaning behind a lot of it, but just the psychological thing of like the genres that I'm picking. So it was just interesting to kind of hear what you guys thought and, and just, um, like I said, kind of think through all of that. So that was dope. I love that answer. I think that's a really cool answer. Miss Alley Girl, Same. what did you learn here today? I'm super curious. I'm really excited to learn what you learned because I know how excited you were for this episode. And I think you did an absolutely tremendous job. So I'm really curious what you took away here today. I agree. I learned a ton of history and I, I can't fucking pronounce any of the names that I was super excited <laughs> to pronounce to save my life when we're recording. So, but yeah, I was really excited about I history. learned Allie doesn't speak Japanese. I learned that today. Nope. Give me all the old Norse words and we're good. Give me slip him. No, now I can't even speak Norris. <laughs> I'm fine. Now I can't speak my people's language. <laughs> Sleipner. There we go. Good job, Legatha. Well, dear listeners, thank you for joining us today. Before we do all of our ultra, ultra goodness, I would love for you, Matt, to plug your pod one more time for everybody to then go listen as we said before if you're not already listening you guys you're missing out it's so good and you get to hear more of his luxurious vocal cords can i make this any more awkward matt please save me go now so good oh my gosh um so first of all um I hate my voice. I said this before. I absolutely hate my voice. I don't, I don't even listen to my podcast when I do it. I literally, when I edit things, I literally just, I literally look at where it starts, where it stops. Then I cut and I paste and then I just let it go. I just upload. I, I hate this news because um, I love your voice. And now seeing your, seeing your sweet little face and your voice put together, like I just love you so much and you're so beautiful. And your voice is so beautiful. Appreciate so that. please stop saying that because I'll fucking kill you in your sleep and that's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got it. Understood. Um, so, um, yeah. So again, my show is called um, Anime Talk. 
um, where we do just, well, not obviously to this depth, but um, I talk through a lot of different animes, different rankings um, and different specials and um, movie reviews, anime movie reviews and things like that um, with a couple of collaborations and help from some other podcasts. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram and um, what's the other one? Twitter. <laughs> there you go. I knew it. <laughs> um, Instagram and Twitter at um, Anime Talk 12. That's Anime Talk and the numbers one and two all together. Um, and you can also reach out if you have any suggestions or anything that you want to hear to my email address. Well, those other two and at the email address, Matt St. Jack's podcast at gmail.com. So that's 10 me. out of 10 recommend. Matt. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like it. I like my show. I like your show better, but I like my show. <laughs> I love your show. That means a lot to us because seriously, I love your show too. And again, I'm not I'm not the anime person and I still love your show. I still listen to it. So also I did finally have the opportunity to listen to your collab episode and I loved it. You guys did such a good job and it was so sweet and so funny and I just really loved it. So shout out to that episode also. That was all him and me spoiler spoilering everything in full metal Alchemist. <laughs> yeah i was just like that's why i was like i just got to the point i was just like you know what we're just gonna say just spoil the whole show. we're just gonna tell you the exact the whole show from like start to finish don't even worry about any spoilers ali's just narrating it for you like, right now exactly <laughs> yeah but no it was no it was definitely fun and that was that was again that was again the whole watch like that literally is is what my show is 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 like after we got done talking to Ali, I literally went through there. Like I don't even remember. You remember that part where you said that you coughed and you told me to edit that cough yep. out? I didn't even. I didn't even edit it. I literally just. I literally just left it in there because I. I knew that in order to find where that was, when you told me that at that time, I was gonna have to listen back through the whole thing, and I just. I didn't really want to listen back through it, so I just <laughs> literally just just left it in there. I was like, if she coughs, oh well, I'm just gonna blame it on myself. It's cool. I coughed. It's all good. <laughs> I'm not doing it. So Matt quick coughed on the track just so you weren't alone. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, cough. yeah, cough. We both cough. Yeah, everybody's coughing. There's something going on 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 a anchor. We're allergic to anchor. We're coughing. It's very anchory in here today. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So I just wanted to say again, Matt, thank you so much for being here. I love you. Allie loves you. You are our favorite. So there's that. Let's get that out of the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank Dear you. listeners, thank you also for joining us today. Can I help you? You told me to take I care of this said, and then you said thanks. What are you saying? I said thank you. Okay. Look, there's some attacking <laughs> going on here. <laughs> The way she looked at the monitor, too, she was like, <laughs> she gave that look like, if I have to come through this monitor, <laughs> I will She gave literally... me one job! <laughs> She's a pacifist. She's, she's like, you remember what you did with that can at the very beginning with that with that shake weight? I'm about to do that to your neck, okay, Allie? That's exactly what's about to happen. Oh, if we're in a cage up. fight, put your money on me. Trust me on this one. That's real. That's real. Yes, it's her giant hands, and she's very scrappy. Yes, when we go to concerts, I call her Scrappy Allie because she'll swing on a motherfucker in a heartbeat. I swear to God. Oh, okay. So, dear listeners, I don't know what she cut and what she didn't, but hi, welcome back to our outro. I'm Celeste and I work here. It's fine. 
So our socials, if you'd like to reach out to us, we are Taboos the Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We are just Taboos on Facebook. We are killing our Facebook page. We just have a group. I don't know. Allie has more details on that, but uh, noted. And hurry up and join the group so that you don't lose all the things on Facebook if you follow us there. If you have any taboo topics that you would like us to discuss or maybe you'd like to discuss with us, you certainly can contact us on any of our social platforms. Additionally, our email is taboospodcast at gmail.com. I almost fucked it up and I didn't. So there was our outro. We also have a website. It's taboosthepod.com. I did fuck it up. It's fine. There are no, remember, that's what, um, what's his name? That's what Bob Ross said. There are no fuck ups. Just happy trees. Yeah, happy little accidents. Yeah, ha- yeah, it is happy little. See, I fucked that up. So yeah, I made go. a happy little accident about a happy little accident. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I love it. And as always, do you be taboos? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.